And we are on air for Fan for Racing NASCAR off-season update, along with our Hot Topic Sound Off at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time tonight. And joining me for tonight's show is our co-host, Jay Huseman. Welcome to the show, Jay. Thank you, Sharon. I want to wish you and everybody else. I know normally we've got to lump a lot of holidays together when we sign off for the year. This year we're getting <laughs> to do these off-season ones. So Merry Christmas as that's coming up. And uh, uh, I guess a Happy New Year, too. I know uh, if we do another one in January, it'll be after New Year. So Correct, correct. So let me add my Merry Christmas and Happy New Year's as well to all of our listeners. Uh, definitely looking forward to uh, the holidays with the family, but uh, happy that we're able to get in an update here during the off season uh, for all of our racing fans uh, and NASCAR that are tuning in. We can give you a few updates of what's going on during the off season. We're going to start with the Arkham Menard series in the first half hour, along with the truck series. And then in the next half hour, we'll cover the Xfinity Series and the NASCAR Cup Series. At 9.30, we'll get into the NASCAR Hot Topic Sound Off. And at that point, Tommy will be joining us for our conversation about some of the hot topics uh, during the off season so far. Uh, so, And I think we'll have quite a bit to talk about uh, during that hour. So, uh, Jay, let's go ahead and get started with our um, uh, Arkham Menard series. Uh, there's so much going on in the Arkham Menard series. If you're like me and you've already got your calendar together for 2022 and all the racing series, um, they do have the 2022 schedule for the Arkham Menard series as well as the Arca East and the Arca West already put together, and you can find that over at ArcaRacing.com. So I'm pretty excited about that schedule for next year, Jay. Yeah, they've put together some great schedules, and we've seen that the last couple of years. Uh, A couple of new tracks, I know we talked about that. I think one of them at least uh, had come out before we ended the season. But, again, NASCAR just doing that little bit of tweaking. Uh, I know there's some heartbreak with some things that aren't happening, but you look at the positive of what is, and, and I do like that. Exactly. Uh, we see the twenty race Sioux Chief Showdown return, or I'm sorry, ten race Sioux Chief Showdown uh, returning again. I think that was a huge success. I know this year it kind of turned out to be a uh, one driver dominating all. We haven't seen that in the past though, and there were some tight battles. And I, I think this next year we might see some even closer and, and bigger ones. Exactly. Uh, and and one of the things that I wanted to make sure that I mentioned is that uh, when they put this schedule together, because you're right, it was put together before we actually closed down the season. Uh, this article is actually dated October the 28th. They mentioned that Matt TV will be televising some of these races, but since then they've announced that Flow Sports is now going to cover all of the Arkham Menard series, as well as the Arca East and the West. Uh, and those races will be uh, available via live streaming on Flow Sports. So uh, if you don't have that app yet, you want to make sure you get it, because that's how you're going to be able to watch uh, all of the racing this season for the Arkham Menard series. So that's pretty cool, too. 
That is, and I don't remember if we had that as uh, one of our hot topics or not, but just to give you a little bit of background there, if you're not familiar with it, uh, Flow Racing developed from dirt on dirt, which, which did cover a lot of, or majority of uh, dirt track racing throughout the entire country. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a huge connection happening there. We saw it already several years back when NASCAR went with the grassroots program, and I think they're just continuing to build on this, and I think this connection uh, between Flow Racing now and the Arca Menard Series as well as the Arca Menards East and West Series uh, is a huge step in uh, closing that gap. I mean, just like we see between, say, IndyCar and NASCAR, see some events of them together bringing all race fans together uh, rather than having it be you're either dirt or asphalt, you're either IndyCar or NASCAR. I right. think that's going to be a huge thing, yeah, the crossover. Because it's also going to include, like, the uh, modified races, the weekly touring series races, uh, it's going to the Euro races, all of those races are going to be included. And Flow Sports is based out of Austin, Texas. So uh, I think it's fantastic. We're going to be able to see a lot of racing that before we weren't able to watch. And I'm a big fan of Roku, uh, and I have Rokus on all of my TVs. So if you have Roku, you can get Flow Sports, uh, the app on your Roku uh, app, and then watch it right on your TV. So and stream it right there on TV. So that's what I'm planning on doing. I think they're saying uh, for the seat for the year it's about $150. But if you spread that across all of the races, uh, there's quite a few races just with Arkham Menard Series, not counting all the other racing uh, that you'll be able to see as well uh, via Flow Sports Racing. Sports, yeah, you're you're right with that with the with the dirt races they have on there as well. When you really break it down, depending on how much you use it, uh, you're talking two to maybe five dollars per race, and, and these are top mm-hmm. races, uh, you know. So it's definitely worth that investment. Absolutely. So I wanted to make sure I mentioned that to everybody so that they can kind of plan for that and prepare for that now. And so that they're ready for that very first race uh, that's going to be taking place in February. Now, I know uh, the Arthur Menard Series is going to start at Daytona on February the 19th. But if you look uh, for the Arthur Menard Series East and West, their schedules are out here as well. Uh, I believe they'll be racing at New Smyrna. Uh, fairly early too, February 15th, and that's a Tuesday race. So at New Speedway, uh, the Arkham and Art Series East has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven races, uh, and the Arkham and Art Series West, I believe, has a few more races. Let me look at their schedule. Uh, that's three, six, nine. Yes, they have the ten races. Uh, this season, again, they'll be opening with Phoenix and closing with Phoenix Raceway. So uh, a lot of racing action there in the Arkham Art Series West as well. And that's, one, and that's one of the things where I know the East Series went from eight down to seven, and we talked about that already last year. But they do have a couple more of the combination events where they're with one of the other series, Arkham Menard Series, or on the same weekend as a NASCAR race. So... Uh, I think that's mm-hmm. why the East Series maybe schedule is a little bit shorter, 
And again, you know, uh, to get something new, you got to give something up. So, you know, look at, like I said, I try to look at the positive of it. I know uh, we talked about, like, on the cup schedule, some of the tracks we would have liked to have seen come back or get put on didn't, but there are some new and exciting ones. So uh, you got to take the take the what's there, and there is some definitely big positives there. Exactly. In fact, that season opener uh, on, on Friday, March the 11th for the ARCA West, that's going to be an ARCA East and West event. So uh, you're going to see a lot of the East drivers uh, competing uh, at that race. Uh, and that is going to be uh, really the eighth race because because you're going to have uh, ARCA Menard Series East uh, competing uh, at, uh, at uh, Phoenix Raceway at the same time as the West. So that's pretty cool. And you've got last year we saw the East race with quite a few races uh, that were along with the Arkham Menard series as well. So some of the highlights uh, for the East and the West here are that the East series begins with a pair of races in Florida that includes both New Smyrna Speedway and Five Flags Speedway in Pensacola, Florida on March the 9th. So uh, uh, that'll be pretty cool. Dover and Nashville Fairgrounds are both on the schedule, April 29th and May 7th, respectively. Uh, So that's uh, cool to see them back online. I'm glad to see Iowa Speedway, the Milwaukee Mile, and Bristol Motor Speedway are back on the schedule this year. Uh, Irwindale and Portland are going to host a pair of West events this year. Uh, And Irwindale has a couple of events as well, March 26th and July 2nd. Uh, and the Portland Road Course events are scheduled for June 4th and September 3rd. So two races at Portland. Uh, Kern County Raceway on April 23rd uh, is back on the schedule, as, as is Evergreen Speedway on August the 20th. Uh, let's see. And our more traditional events, the Normal Raceway and All-American Speedway, the Bull Ring at Las Vegas are all on the schedule this year for the West. Uh, let's see. And then their season finale at Phoenix on November the 5th. So uh, in the East, Dover and Bristol would be part of conjunction weekends with the Cup Series, the Xfinity Series, and the Camping World Truck Series. Um, and then, of course, the West races at Phoenix will be in conjunction with the Cup Series and Camping World Truck Series as well. Uh, And then the race in Portland on September the 3rd is part of the NTT IndyCar Series too. So June 4th, uh, the NASCAR Xfinity and West Series will race at Sonoma. So pretty cool to see uh, a lot of uh, these uh, combination races uh, with NASCAR. It is, and there you talk about it. Uh, you said you, you mentioned it. Some of them were at Xfinity, some with Cup, some with the uh, Arkham Menards Main Series, some with the East, and then what with for the Indy cars with the uh, NTT. I'm sorry, with the West Series, with the NTT Indy Car Series. I, I just think, uh, like I said, same with it with the deal with Flow Racing, bringing all race fans together. I know uh, you talk about that of a package deal. Uh, when we went to Iowa, we got four races over the course of the weekend. And to see the ARC uh, Menards Easter West Series with that as well would just be an added bonus. Exactly. Exactly. 
Also, ArcaRacing.com, they have some great articles there and some updates on things that are going on. Chevrolet is partnering with Rebel Racing. So that's pretty cool. As uh, We knew, I think, before the season ended that the uh, McAnally Hilgeman uh, race team was also switching over to Chevrolet this year. Uh, I think that's in the truck series, though, if I remember correctly. I don't know if they're switching over for ARCA or not. I think I think it was across the board, and, and, and we saw this coming. Toyota set the standard of having that development program, and over the last couple of years, we've seen Ford step theirs up as well. Chevrolet was one that was kind of lacking in that area, as we talked about, and really does need to develop that, and I think this is the beginning of that. Okay, so... Uh, you you'll you can read about that there. Uh, so there's just a lot of news about the drivers. If you missed the awards banquet, uh, they've got pictures here of uh, the three champions: uh, Jesse Love, Ty Gibbs, and Sammy Smith are all featured as champions uh, uh, in the Arkham Art Series for last season. So uh, it, it really is uh, very cool what they're doing over there at ArcaRacing.com on the website. You're right. A lot of good information there, a lot of good articles coming up still with uh, throughout the off-season. And then, again, always news popping up, and we'll cover some, some more of that in our hot topics as it relates to uh, overall news. Yes, indeed. Okay, uh, let's hop on over to the Camping World Truck Series for the 2022 season. Uh, I don't know if you've been following the silly season there, but still a lot of announcements to come out in the Camping World Truck Series. Uh, So the latest news is I know Todd Bodang uh, is hoping to get his 800th career start uh, next season, so look for him to be racing uh, six races with Helmar Friesen racing uh, next season. I think he's running Vegas, Darlington, Texas, Sonoma, Nashville, and Pocono. So uh, really cool to see Todd Bodine getting back behind the wheel. Yeah, I know this one came out a little bit towards the end of the year last year. Uh, got the update now on uh, the specific races, but that is so great for Todd Bodine. And one of the true... Uh, pioneers of the truck series in my opinion uh having gone through that i know he made uh, some cup series and xfinity starts as well but i really associate him with the truck series and he is a analyst for fs1 fox sports one when it comes to the Mm -hmm. truck series just with the knowledge and we talked about the benefit of that having somebody that has been in a current and and recent uh, model when it comes to these series. So I think that's going to help him bring a lot more to his analyst uh, role as well. Yes, indeed. Now, uh, another news story that I want to highlight here is Lucas Oil Raceway is rebranding their name to Lucas Oil Indianapolis Raceway Park uh, starting next season. So uh, look for uh, new initials there for Lucas Oil Raceway. It's going to be L-O-I-R-P. So I I think that's kind of cool. It used to be called Indianapolis Raceway Park. So Uh, I was going to say it's a combination. It was I-R-P, O-R-P, now (laughs) L-O-I-R-P. I I don't know what letters were missing there, but uh, 
feel like we're playing hangman. Um, but it's great to see the investment that Lucas Oil is making um, in the connection with Indianapolis. I know that one kind of got pushed to the side for a couple of years, is coming back, and I do think that's a great uh, a great thing um, when you talk about the short tracks. And, and that goes – all this kind of ties together, uh, Flow Racing partnering up in, in the Arkham and RG East and West Series. It's getting to the short track. That's where these drivers come from, and we talked about it. I mean – out of all the ones that are there, the ones that make it to the top level, whether it be at dirt or asphalt, there's so many talented drivers out at these short tracks uh, that don't make it, don't get the opportunity, you know, in the right time at the right place. So you get to go see these other drivers that you may not ever otherwise hear their name. Exactly. Uh, Speaking of that, Chandler Smith, who raced in the uh, Arkham, I'm sorry, in the Truck Series last year, won the Snowball Derby. A little bit of controversy there, I guess. Uh, it was a battle to the finish with Derek Thorne, uh, which is eight laps remaining. Uh, there was a 37-car field to win that 54th annual Snowball Derby presented by Hooters. Uh, but Chandler Smith was the winner of that Snowball Derby, and I think he's planning to come back uh, to the Truck Series for next season. That is one of those of, uh, and I know, Sharon, you and I have a little bit differing opinion on this, but short track racing generally involves a little (laughs) bit of bumping. Um, There certainly was some of that contact. Contact was made, uh, again, depending on what side (laughs) of the fence you're on or who you're a fan of. I, I didn't feel it was auto line. I understand if you can pass them cleaner, but short track racing, especially when you talk about a one groove track, you know, that's kind of what brings that excitement. Uh, it wasn't that he ran mm-hmm. over him and, and took him out, um, but there was a nudge, you know, let him know he was there. The chrome horn was used. Yes, indeed. Uh, and Derek Thorne's a regular on a fan racing radio show, uh, usually during the 930 half hour but uh, I will say, uh, Derek Thorne was a gentleman about it. Uh, he recognized it for what it was and didn't say a lot about it. He's a pretty classy guy. So uh, I, I'm hoping he'll be back next year to go after that victory uh, in the Snowball Derby because uh, Derek Thorne is a staple uh, as far as late model racing around the country, mainly on the West Coast, but he does come to that Snowball Derby. It's one of the premier events in the country, and he'd love to win that. Well, and, and you know he's determined. Again, I, I don't remember how many second place finishes he had. He some great runs, and he definitely did have the dominating throughout that race. Uh, I know you mentioned it overall. I would agree, you know, the class, class act uh, as far as his response. He did uh, – go over and at least say a few words there uh, after the race, but there wasn't any wild gestures. There was no need to have anybody separate anybody. So you're right. Overall, it was uh, a class act. Uh, Like I said, he did express a few words. We don't, we don't have all that, but uh, uh, I don't know. Maybe the area offices, we've heard that before. So. (laughs) Right. Right. Okay, uh, real quick, I want to go ahead and move on to the Camping World Truck Series um, uh, schedule or driver lineup for next year because uh, we do know right now that two rookie candidates for next year are Dean Thompson in the number 44 
and uh, Lawless Allen in the number 45. I think those are both Nice Motorsports vehicles uh, for next year. So uh, real quick, let's go down the list here of uh, the team chart for the 2022 season in the truck series. Uh, no driver announced yet uh, for Spire Motorsports, uh, but we do know that Kevin Bonomanian will be is going to be a crew chief there. So uh, we just don't know who the driver is going to be yet. Uh, we mentioned earlier that McAnally and Hilgerman Racing are moving over to Chevrolet's. Colby Howard will be driving one car, so they're moving to two car trucks next year. Uh, and uh, also uh, the other car will be with Derek Krause. So he'll be back. Although they haven't really worked out all the details there, it's anticipated, I should say, that he will be back. Right. Uh, we always know this. It is one of the feeder systems, if you will. Uh, there's some very solid veterans that have hung around the series. But this one does have a work range for than any series. And we are going to see quite a bit of that as we get to the new season. But one uh, starting off at the top here that's going to be the same, your most popular for the truck series for 2021, Haley Deegan coming back in the number one, David Gillen racing Ford with Monster Energy and Mike Hillman Jr. as the crew chief. And then then next well, they haven't really, we hear Chris. They haven't really announced those plans at this point, have they, Jay? Uh, that she will it's be in the it's... truck series, I believe. I thought that she was returning and then was going to run some. Okay, yeah, it says. Okay, uh, according to no plans announced yet, yeah. but she has said that she will run some, um, would like to run some Xfinity in another full truck season. So I guess it is anticipated that she'll be back, but they haven't really announced it at this point. Uh, but expect her to run some Xfinity series races as well. Okay, I, and I can't I can't say 100%. I thought I had heard, though, that it was uh, with, with Monster Energy, but um, you're right. It's uh, On here, anyway, it's saying it still hasn't been confirmed, and I know the plan is to move with some Xfinity series as well. Right. Same thing with it's anticipated. No plans have been announced officially, but uh, I guess we're expecting Chris Wright to be back with Young's Motorsport in the number two. Uh, I don't know if that's going to be on a part-time basis or a full-time basis, uh, but uh, there's some anticipation there. Uh, Creed, who drove the number two last year uh, for GMS Racing, is actually moving on to RCR next season uh, for the Xfinity Series, so we don't know who's going to be in that number two this year. Then, again, these are all, um, I want to say, I'll give an 80 to 85% lockdown, but Jordan Anderson Racing, the number three Chevrolet, uh, had numerous drivers in 2021. Uh, not sure what his plan is. I know last year he wanted to go full-time Xfinity and did for the most part, although having to use part-time drivers to get himself into the uh, top 30 or 35 in points in order to now this year going back to qualifying that will take that necessity away so i think we're going to see jordan anderson himself running full-time in the xfinity series leave uh being that he can qualify and not have to worry about his point standings 
So the truck series, I think we'll see a, a rotation of drivers as we did in 2021. Okay. Roper Racing, uh, I think he raced part-time this year. Uh, again, there's no plans announced uh, for that car this year, the 04. Uh, we'll have to wait and see if any plans come out uh, for, during this remainder of what we call the silly season. Uh, John Hunter Nemechek did announce, though, that he is coming back to the number four for Kyle Busch Motorsports next season. He wants to go after uh, that championship in the truck series. Yeah, come up a little short. Got the victories, but not the championship. Gives uh, Kyle Busch Motorsports there some stability as far as championship contender, no doubt. That's going to be tough for the competition. Then the number nine, CR7 Motorsports, uh, believe it should be Robaugh going to be driving it this past Grant Finger used that part-time. Grant did get himself a full-time ride for next year. So we'll have to see what Robaugh and the, and the CR7 Motorsports Chevy does for it throughout the year. Yes, indeed. And Jennifer Jo Cobb, again, has not made any announcements about what her plans are for next season uh, and whether or not she'll be back in that number 10 Jennifer Jo Cobb Racing Chevrolet. Also, the number 12 for Young's Motorsport, uh, Kate Fogelman left the team for On Point Motorsports, so no replacement driver has been announced yet, so watch for more news on that front. Now, the number 13, Thor Sport Racing Toyota for Johnny Sauter. Uh The only question mark there is Joe Shear, as that longtime pairing between Shear and Sauter ended at Gateway, uh, race there midway through 2021. So look for crew chief announcement there. And then number 15, the race so here. Gray's going to return. Uh, Tanner Gray uh, returning for his full third full-time season. But we got crew chief Jerry Baxter as crew chief. That's a big bonus there. Okay. Also, Hattori Racing has announced a couple of drivers. I know one of them is Tyler Ankrum. I'm trying to remember who the – oh, not Grant Infinger. Um, Tyler Ankrum and somebody else, I can't remember who now, have been uh, – it's anticipated that they will be driving uh, for Hattori Racing uh, Enterprises for next season. So uh, he'll be in the number 16 and we'll probably come across to hear who that other driver is going to be. But Taylor Gray, we mentioned uh, uh, his brother Tanner Gray. Taylor's expected to run part-time with David Gilliland Racing this year in the number 17. And that's when I'm excited to see what he does. Uh, now, here it does say Taylor Smith returned full-time as well in 22 for number 18, Cobb Motorsports. Toyota, Danny Stockman, the crew chief there. Another strong team we're going to see as a championship contender uh, as well. And the number nine, Canelli Hillman Racing mentioned, it's going to be a Chevrolet now. Derek Krause returning with Mark Hillman uh, as the crew chief. Uh, now, this, this note here does say team still working on plans to bring back Krause. Again, I thought that had been finalized, but the note nope, here does say it's yet. still in the plans. Right. Uh, for the number 20, Young's Motorsports, uh, no plans announced yet, but Spencer Boyd was the driver of that uh, car last year. 
I'm anticipating he'll be back, but we'll have to wait and see if there's any announcement. Now, Zane Smith, who drove the 21 for GMS Racing last year, is actually moving to the number 38 for 2022. So I'm not sure yet who that driver is going to be for the number 21. And uh, Austin Wayne Self is back. Uh, no plans have been announced yet uh, as to whether or not he'll be back in that number 22 for next year. Uh, but I, I kind of halfway expect that to happen. And here we talked about the number 23 GMS Racing Chevrolet. That's where Grant Enfinger landed full-time for 22 and 23. A champion come along as a sponsorship for the majority of the next two seasons. Question mark there by Jeff Hensley as the crew chief. We'll have to wait and see how that plays out. And then the 24 GMS Racing Chevrolet, that'll be Jack Wood. Uh, sponsor has not been named yet with the Chad Walter crew chief machine, but we know that he will be in the truck. And uh, another one I'm looking at, really excited about his future. Exactly. Um <clears throat> We already mentioned that Tyler Ankrum is moving over to Hattori Racing uh, Enterprises for next season in the number 16, the number 25 Rackley War uh, machine. They have not made an announcement yet uh, who will be driving that car for next season. Uh, We mentioned Fogelman being in that number 30 uh, for on-point motorsports. Uh, for next season, uh, there is a question mark next to Steve Lane as far as the crew chief. So, uh, might be an announcement on that regard. All right, for the Reum brothers, 33 and 34, no updates. They, they had multiple drivers in 2021. Uh, 24 is where, or 34, sorry, is where Josh Reum is listed, but we have not heard any uh, further announcements on that. Okay. Josh Rayum will be uh, in that 34. Zane Smith, as we mentioned earlier, is moving to the number 38 Front Row Motorsports Board. Uh, and uh, he'll be there, uh, I think, for the full season. Uh, no driver named yet for the number 40 Nice Motorsports Chevrolet. Or Carson Hosevar, though, uh, is planning to return in that number 42. Uh, and Dean Thompson will be in the number 44. Uh, and we've got Wallace Allen in that number 45 for Nice Motorsports. Uh, those drivers, uh, Dean Thompson and Wallace Allen, are uh, both running for Rookie of the Year next season, too. And the all-star truck for Kyle Busch Motorsports, the number 51. Uh, no drivers announced. They have a rotation generally on that number 51. I would expect the same in 2022. We'll have to see uh, who fills in there. The number 52 Halmar Racing Toyota it says no plans announced, but I expect to see Stuart Friesen back there with Halmar International and John Leonard as the crew chief. And then the number 56, here we got Hill Motorsports Toyota. Uh, Timmy Hill will drive the full season in the number 56. A second team driver is to be announced. And there they're switching to Toyota for 2022. Okay. I mentioned there was a second driver for Hattori Racing Enterprises. Uh, it's Chase Purdy in the number 61. He will join the team, uh, and they'll have two full-time drivers with Chase Purdy and Tyler Ankrum this season. And in Thorsport, uh, you've got Matt Crafton, 
Uh, he's going to have a new crew chief. It was announced that uh, Joyner, uh, Carl Joyner, was leaving last season, so after 10 seasons. So uh, look for a new crew chief for Matt Crafton, uh, yet to be announced. Uh, and the number 98, uh, that seat was split last year between Christian Eckes and Grant Infinger. Uh, I don't know if Christian Eckes will be back in that car full-time or if that's where uh, Fort right? No, Thor, uh, sorry, Grant Enfinger moved on to a GMS. I believe the plan was for Eckes to go full-time then, being that he split the time there last year, but uh, it has not been announced yet. Again, a lot of things going on here with the truck series. Uh, the, your championship driver, the number 99 Thor Sport Racing Toyota, Ben Rhodes, hasn't officially been announced, but I see no change there with Rich, Rich Lucius as the crew chief. Um, and then we get into the ones that I don't know if we, I know we want to move on to the Xfinity, but yeah, there's quite a few of the part-time on ones that we, we don't know, uh, yet or have been confirmed. Right. So, you know, hopefully we'll be back in January, about mid January with another update. So, uh, hopefully we'll have more news to share there. Uh, but one of the big news stories that came out recently here in the Xfinity Series is Landon Castle joining College Racing for the 2022 Xfinity Series season. I got to say this one, uh, I don't want to take anything from um, Landon Castle. Uh, you know, he's never really had that great opportunity, and this is for him, so I, I am happy for him. I thought that colleague racing might have been able to get a, another driver if they came down to the Xfinity, such as Matt DiBenedetto, Ryan Newman. And I don't know what their plans are, whether that was an offer or not, but uh, I thought they might get a different driver in there. But I am happy for the opportunity that Landon Castle has. Like I said, I don't think he's ever been given the, that good opportunity to really mm-hmm. flourish. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, other news is Jesse Awuji Motorsports is a new team, uh, and he is teaming up with uh, Hall of Fame running back Emmett Smith. So that's been officially unveiled with their sponsorship. Uh, so look for Jesse Awuji uh, to be racing in the Xfinity Series next year under his own uh, team. And uh, let me see if it's the number 34 in e-racing. I'm not sure what number he's going to have. It doesn't really say here, but uh, that's kind of cool news as well. Most certainly. Uh, we, we talked about that at, at the uh, tail end of last year. Again, to see some of these partnerships that we've seen, not just then between different racing series, but between different sports. We've seen this uh, throughout. Obviously, Joe Gibbs, uh, one of the greatest at it, if you will, uh, as we see more different entertainers or, and or sports uh, people cross over and get involved, uh, just a boom for NASCAR, as well as then uh, the race, or, uh, sorry, other sports side of it, depending on where they come from. Okay. Uh, moving on to the 2022 team chart, uh, we know Sheldon Creed and Austin Hill are going to be the Rookie of the Year candidates for next season in the Xfinity Series, and Sheldon Creed will be in the number two for Richard Childress Racing. Uh, no crew chief announced yet, so watch for that information to be coming out. 
And number seven, Junior Motorsports. The only update we got there is that uh, Unilever is going to be a new sponsor along with Brant, Jason Burdett, and Justin Algar. I should return. I want to mention Justin Algar was your Xfinity Series, 2020 Xfinity Series, most popular driver. And I apologize. I stumbled there. Uh, I know I talked to Sharon. I'm the one with the new puppy, so he's got me distracted oh. at the moment. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, my puppy's learned to just lay next to me now, so she's being really good. Okay, uh, another junior motorsports driver, Josh Berry, will be in that number eight for next season with Taylor Moore as his crew chief, new uh, sponsor. Uh, several new sponsors here with Harrison's Workwear uh, for eight races, Tire Pros for nine races. Uh, but Josh Berry will be in that number eight junior motorsports car uh, full-time for next season. I think that's great news. Number nine, junior motorsports Chevrolet, uh, MJ's pick for champion next year, if that means anything. Uh, We'll work that bet out with Mike later on. Uh, (laughs) Noah Gregson returning. The crew chief here is the question, Uh, David, Dave Ellens won't return as the crew chief. That was the big news for this team. Um, other than that, still pretty solid across the board, and I do believe the heavy championship favorite, in my opinion. Landon Castle, who uh, we mentioned earlier, is moving over to College Racing. He's going to be in that number 10 for College Racing. It was announced last year that Jeb Burton's not returning. Uh, his announcements have not yet been made, but he kind of teased that he does have some news coming out with regard to the 2022 season. For, so watch for that information, uh, hopefully soon. Well, and I know this one the kind of tags along with that Nutrigen AG Solutions wasn't returning as a sponsor for College Racing. So I think that may be mm-hmm. played into, uh, into that. Now, the number 11 uh, championship contending team, uh, or one of them actually, that – I'm missing the name. Justin Haley moving up to the Cup Series. Replacing that is your champion of Daniel Hamrick. How great is that that you get to bring a championship driver into your team? (laughs) Exactly. Only question mark there is the crew chief. So uh, Almondinger was announced to return to the Xfinity Series full-time for next season. Uh, I think he has some select races in the Cup Series for next season. But uh, look for Almondinger to be back full-time in the Xfinity program for college racing. And the number 19, Joe Gibbs Racing Toyota, that's Brandon Jones. And it says Menards is going to sponsor all 33 races. So uh, that's a huge step for Menards. Uh, I know they have been a primary with them for a, for a long time, but – Covering all 33 races, Brandon Jones returning as the driver. Yeah, and Myatt Snyder is going to be competing with Jordan Anderson racing in 2022. Doesn't give a number of races uh, that he's going to be competing if it's part-time or full-time, but uh, look for Myatt Snyder behind the wheel of the number 31 for Jordan Anderson racing. Well, that answers my question of Jordan Anderson. Again, I believe that is full-time tax slayer as the sponsor. Um, I hadn't realized they had signed him. I know Myatt Schneider, uh, RCR, said they wanted to help find a place for him as they made some changes within their team. Um, Joey Gase, uh, 
That one, uh, number 35 racing Chevrolet, going to start his own race team for the 2022 season, uh, which he will be the primary driver. we got nothing on engine supplier, crew chief, or sponsor as of yet. Exactly. Uh, look for Ryan Seaton to be back in the 39 RSS Racing Ford for next season uh, with his same crew chief, Kevin Starlin. So that's good news. Some more good news here in the Xfinity Series. Tommy Joe Martin's uh, number 44 Alpha Prime Racing Chevrolet. New team, AP Sports Regimen, going to be the sponsor. And then there's also Cesar Barcerella, Raja Caruth, Andy Lally, and Ryan Ellis. Let's see what we got here for notes. It says Ryan Ellis will complete, compete in select races for the Alpha Prime Racing. Andy Lally will run all six road courses. That makes sense. <laughs> and then Tommy Joe Martin's uh, partnering with Cesar ba- uh, Bassarella. Uh, both are going to drive the car throughout the year, as well as Raja Cruz with three races confirmed. Uh, so they're going to split up the driving duties uh, throughout that team. But, again, good to see that team getting uh, off the ground here. Okay, uh, Jade Buford will be back in the number 48 Big Machine Records Racing Team Chevy, uh, and they're forming an enhanced partnership with Richard Childress Racing next season. So uh, good news for Jade Buford. Looking at the number 51, Jeremy Clements Racing Chevrolet. Everything looks the same there. Mark Setzer, the crew chief for specific funding and all-south electric uh, as the sponsors. Uh, it says First Pacific Funding and All South Electric combining to sponsor Clements in 17 races. And uh, the team has all of its sponsor, primary sponsorship sold out. So that's good news for uh, a team like Jeremy Clements. Absolutely. For BJ McLeod Motorsports, uh, they split between Chevy and Toyota. Josh Williams is going to be driving full time. We don't know the sponsors at this point, but Danny Johnson is listed as his crew chief uh, in that car. Looks like the number 98 Stuart Haas Racing Ford. Uh, no changes there. Riley Herbst and Monster Energy returning. Richard Boswell the second. Uh, with Roush Yates as the engine supplier. So no, no major changes there. Okay. Uh, junior Motorsports Chevy driver, uh, no numbers listed here. That's to be determined. But Junior Motorsports confirmed that Sam Mayer will be running full-time. Uh, this, despite the announcement that Josh Berry will be in the number eight car, uh, we anticipate that Sam Mayer will be with Junior Motorsports. We just don't know who his crew chief is going to be or what his car number is going to be. Another one that we don't have the update to the car number, but we know is a done deal, uh, Austin Hill coming over to race for Richard Childress Racing. So we're still waiting on uh, car number, sponsor, and crew chief there as well. Yeah, uh, Jesse Awuji Motorsports announced that Equity Prime Mortgage is scheduled to sponsor uh, Jesse Awuji in eight events for next season. Uh, this is a team that is in partnership with Jesse Awuji and uh, NFL Hall of Famer Emmett Smith uh, starting their own Xfinity Series team next season. Still awaiting a crew chief uh, and engine builder info there uh, with regard to that team. Another update uh, for a car number we're still waiting on, but Stefan Parsons, 
going to compete full-time for B.J. McLeod Motorsports. We saw them change. They had a lot of the uh, split and part-time drivers picking up some full-time drivers. For Parsons, he does have sponsorship from the Sokol Digital and Advertising, as well as Springgate's Automotive Suspension Source. We'll get the update on the crew chief uh, there. And then we got one more to update there. Yeah, Nick Sanchez is going to run several races for BJ McLeod Motorsports uh, next season. Uh, we don't have the sponsorship or crew chief or engine supplier information yet, or even the car number yet. But uh, look for Nan- Nick Sanchez to be in several uh, Xfinity Series races for next season. And the RSS Racing Ford uh, going to have Roush Yates, Roush Yates engines for Parker Retzlaff. Uh, we got couple of sponsors listed here, Ponce, Ecotracks, and Iron Horse Loggers. Got the notes of uh, Rhett Slaff will drive the team for the team in 10 races in that second RSS car. Both Phoenix races, Richmond, Martinsville, Dover, Nashville, Atlanta, Pocono, Kansas, and Bristol. So good news for Parker Rhett Slaff, uh, again, getting that opportunity, even if it is only for 10 races. Absolutely. Uh, it's time for us to go ahead and move over to the Cup Series. Uh, so, uh, again, we'll kind of hit some of the highlights of what we've missed here when we return in January. Uh, but uh, some cool news uh, in the Cup Series is that uh, Rockingham Speedway is planning on a repave and adding lights. They're receiving a $9 million uh, plans are being finalized on how to use that money uh, to improve the historic facility in Richmond County. Uh, they last hosted a truck ra- a cup race in 2004, uh, but continues to be on the mind of race fans. A lot of race fans say they want to see us return back to Rack- Rockingham Speedway. So with these upgrades, it looks like that is becoming more and more of a possibility. Yeah, I think we'll touch on this. We still had a lot of hot topics, but that one certainly uh, of a rumor, a dream, a rumor, to there been some substantial uh, belief behind it now, I'd have to say. The fact that the money's being invested and plans are being put in place uh, would lead you to believe, anyway, that something's in the works. Exactly. Now, if you want to see the number 23 Wheaties car, uh, that's going to be sponsored at 2311 uh, uh, Racing next season uh, for some select races. You'll want to check that out. Uh, uh, Wheaties will be a uh, – they're celebrating 100 years of champions. And, and uh, Michael Jordan is going to be featured on the Wheaties box next season. So – uh, and they are going to sponsor Bubba Wallace at Auto Club Speedway next season. So uh, pretty cool to see that. It's a pretty sharp-looking car. Yeah, I heard this on SXM Radio NASCAR channel this afternoon as I was coming home. Uh, I don't remember what they said. I think the last time it was when Wheaties partnered with Dale Earnhardt. So to see them return to the sport – and this is where we talk about that crossover and branding especially uh, comes into play. Wheaties has very strong ties to Michael Jordan. Uh, Going to be an opportunity to be with Bubba Wallace now. We saw McDonald's re-up with them. So that's where I think mm-hmm. that, especially for Michael Jordan, the marketing that comes into play when you talk about it, somebody like Michael Jordan that brings that to the table 
uh, working out across the board, and we're starting to really see that come into play. Exactly. Okay, getting uh, back to the driver lineup for next season, uh, we know that uh, the number 21 of Matt Benedetto's car is going to be driven by Harrison Burton next season. Uh, Austin Sendrick, who was slated to be in that car this year, is now going to the number two with Keselowski moving over to Rosh Fenway Racing. So Kurt Busch is moving to 2311 Racing to drive the number 45 next season. Uh, Brad Keselowski, again, is moving over to Rosh Fenway with an ownership role, uh, in addition to driving the number six in place of Ryan Newman. Uh, no news yet on where Newman is going to be racing. Uh, Ryan Priest uh, is out looking for a ride because JTG Doherty has scaled back to just one team for next season. So we're waiting on news on Ryan Priest. Anthony Alfredo's already announced that he's not returning to front row motorsports in that number 38. And Ross Chastain, uh, who was in the number 42 for Chip Ganassi Racing last year, is part of the sellout to track house racing, uh, and he'll be signed in the number one for 2022 as a teammate to Daniel Suarez, who currently drives for that team. Uh, so that's uh, some of the news that we have here for the Cup Series. Well, I know you mentioned Ryan Newman. Um, it was believed to have signed a three-year contract in 2019, expiring at the end of 2021. Keselowski's move to Roush uh, obviously put him out of that ride. Uh, we haven't heard yet uh, that there was a part-time offer on the table, um, but we haven't had any of that confirmed. And then Eric Alcarola in number 10 for Stuart Hawks Racing. No hero return. Smithfield's. 2022, not enough. I believe that they're leaning towards it. We don't have confirmation of that. And then, last one, unknown uh, plans the double zero confirmation shut down, called the murder, and went over to push five teams. Okay, you're you're kind of coming in and out there, Jay. So we're we're I think I don't know that everybody got that information. Okay, sorry. Uh, Quinn Huff was with Starcom Racing, the Double Zero, and that team shut order to the number forty-five uh, Kurt Busch twenty-three eleven team. Just saying, we hadn't gotten any update there on Quinn Huff as far as a driver. Okay. Also, some new teams are coming in 2022. Uh, these teams would prefer to secure a charter if it's possible. GMS Racing announced that it's going to run in Cup uh, for 2022. They will run full-time with Ty Dillon. And, in fact, there was a partnership announced between GMS Racing and Richard Petty Motorsports. So uh, that's uh, where Ty Dillon will be for next season. Uh, I believe, along with Eric Jones. Uh, Colic Racing also has two charters and will run two full-time teams. Justin Haley will run one of the full-time cars, uh, and the team has announced A.J. Allmendinger will run a partial schedule, uh, be with a third team. Another driver could be in the second team uh, full-time for next year if they can secure the sponsorship 
Also, 2311 Racing will expand to two teams with Kirk Bush as the driver, uh, along with Daniel, not Daniel Swarna, yeah, well, along with uh, Bubba Wallace. Uh, and they did obtain a charter from Starcom Racing. Um, they also purchased Chip Ganassi Racing, uh, and that's what allow, is allowing, Trackhouse has purchased Chip Ganassi Racing. That will allow them to have two teams with Daniel Suarez and Ross Chastain. And Junior and the Motorsports consider the possibility of adding a cup team, but says the cost of the charter is a stumbling block. They're unlikely to enter the cup season, uh, cup series before 2023 if they decide to do so. So along with that, Chip Ganassi, we know, has sold out to track house racing, so they're not going to be back. Uh, and uh, while nothing is official, Rick Ware says he's currently planning on running full time with three teams in the 2022 season and will likely lease one of their charters. Well, and I know we'll get to that in Hot Topics, the uh, the charters and the price of them. Uh, you mentioned it, Junior Motorsports, uh, that was kind of a hiccup for them. Uh, we'll see how mm-hmm. that plays out into next year. So real quick, uh, I know we got, what, five minutes here? Cover um, some of the teams. We know College Racing Chevrolet going to have a full-time, two full-times. One of them might be split. Shows A.J. Allmendinger and Taz Grawla, possibly. Uh, that's, or, uh, Taz Grawla get that opportunity. Uh, good portion is going to be run by Allmendinger, likely 12 to 15 ra- races. Uh, and then you got the number one mentioned, number one track house racing now. Number uh, track house, uh, Ross Chastain there, and Surgeon, uh, Surgeon will continue to be the crew chief. Yeah, Austin Sendrick's going to be bringing Menards as a sponsorship to the number two at Team Pinsky next season. Jeremy Bullins will be his uh, crew chief. It was also the, announced that uh, they're keeping discount tire within the Team Pinsky banner as well for 13 races. So uh, that's uh, good news for Austin Sendrick in the next season. They're sponsor 13 races. Menards will sponsor for uh, select races, uh, so uh, all good news for Austin Cindric. Number three, Richard Childress <laughs> Racing Chevrolet remains a constant. Austin Dillon returning, Bath Pro Shops, DOW, Nadal, Andy's Frozen Custard, and American Ethanol, all as sponsors. Dustin Alexander is the chief. And number there's actually question marks on those sponsors, Jay. I think that's because I don't. It does list how many how many races they're doing. I think they were all returning as sponsors. It's just oh. a matter of how many races. Okay. Uh, same okay, thing on okay. Stuart Haas Racing. Oh, sorry. Yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. No, okay. go ahead. Uh, Kevin Harvick, the uh, number four Stuart Haas Racing Ford, a pretty thing. Rodney Soldier's duo coming back. We've got Bush, Bush Light, Jim Johns, Mobile One, and Hunt Brothers. The note here, though, is Gear Wrench uh, joins the team with a five race primary with a multi year deal. So that's the addition there. And it plays Stuart, or Harvick is signed with Stuart Haas Racing through 2023. 
And uh, I don't know if we have it up, but I think we're going to talk a little bit about that here in a couple minutes for a hot topic. Okay. Also, Larson has signed an extension through 2023 with uh, Hendrick Motorsports. Uh, so you've got National Guard uh, as one of his sponsors. Cincinnati, two races in 2021. Freightliner had two races in 2021. HendrickCars.com and Valvoline had three races in 2021. So we'll see if any uh, different uh, uh, sponsors show up there. Well, we talked about the change at Roush Fenwick Keslowski Racing. Uh, the number six Ford now being driven by Brad Keslowski. Uh, Wyndham Rewards and Oscar Meyer were sponsors in 20, but we know that Violent, Violent Defense uh, came on for some races as well as Fastenal. And the crew chief will be Matt McCall. Now, we just know that Fastenal uh, came on for multiple races in 2022. And Violet Defense signed a multi-year contract uh, through 2023 as well. Okay, some drivers that we know are returning to their cars. Corey LaJoy will be in the number seven for Spire Motorsports. Tyler Reddick uh, returning to the number eight, we believe, uh, with Richard Childress Racing and Chase Elliott returning uh, to the number nine. For uh, Hendrick Motorsports, as is Eric Almazrola with uh, Stuart Hawes Racing, Denny Hamlin with Joe Gibbs Racing in the number 11, Ryan Blaney in the number 12 for, for Team Finsky, Chase Briscoe in the number 14. The big announcement there is Mahindra Ag North uh, coming in as a sponsor uh, for Chase Briscoe for next season. Uh, number 15, Rick Rail Racing. I mentioned they plan to uh, run multiple. Uh, we got James Davison, Joe Gase. I know Gase is in his own team and Garrett Slick. Um, they will have an alliance with Stuart Haas Racing in 2022. Here it says the team expects to run it with full-time cars. Uh, could have a third with additional sponsorship. The number 16, there we got Justin Haley uh, with Matt Swiderski. As the crew chief, no sponsor named yet, but that will be their full-time ride. And the number 17, Roush Fenway Keselowski Racing. Uh, Chris Busher returning. We got Fast and All for uh, multiple races, uh, 17 races, plus the Clash and All-Star Race for, through 2024. Uh, the new one there, that Violet Defense uh, as a partner. Crew chief uh, for 2022 is going to be Scott Graves. And Fifth Third Bank has signed a multi-year sponsor renewal. Okay. Uh, Kyle Bush will be back in the number 18 at AGR. He'll have his usual uh, sponsors with M&M, Skittles, Snickers, and Pedigree, FOM, Interstate Battery for Six Races, Sports Clips, Stanley, and Pedigree. Uh, Interstate Batteries, yeah, we've got the six races there. we believe that Bush's contract is through the 2022 season. Martin Truex Jr. back in the uh, uh, number 19 for Joe Gibbs Racing. But uh, as far as the sponsors, we know Auto Owners uh, is returning, uh, but we don't know the number of races. And we know that Truex signed a contract extension uh, in February of 2021, but the length of that deal was not announced. But we do know that uh, he will be back with James Small 
in that number 19 uh, JGR car. We see no uh, changes for the number 20 Joe Gibbs Racing Toyota with Christopher Bell and the usual sponsors. Mentioned the number 21 Wood Brothers Racing, Brian Wilson coming in as the crew chief for Harrison Burton, who's coming in. Uh, the number 22 Team Penske Ford looks all the same. Uh, Logano signed through 2023. Sponsors will still be Shell Pennzoil. We mentioned the 23 race, 2311 Racing Toyota. Uh, added McDonald's and Wheaties uh, to their sponsorship deal. Uh, McDonald's uh, extended or expanded its partnership, sorry. Uh, looks like for sure the Daytona 500 as well as multiple others. And Booty Barker becoming the full-time crew chief. And the 2400 Motorsport Chevrolet, this update says that Liberty University will be 12 races uh, each year through 2026. Byron has extended his contract through 2022. Now it says Liberty University sponsorship through 2021, so not sure which one of them is right. And Exalta through 2022, so they appear to be set. Okay, we mentioned uh, the merger with uh, GMS and Richard Petty, Ty Dillon being in that second car there. Todd Gilliland will be in the number 38 for Front Row Motorsports. Uh, and uh, Kurt Busch, we've already announced that one as well. Uh, all the rest of these look like they're pretty much the same as it was last year. So we're going to have to kind of leave it there, Jay, uh, because it's time for our NASCAR Hot Topic sound off, and we've got Tommy waiting in the wings for us. So welcome to the show, Tommy. Hey, how have y'all been? It's nice to be back. Thanks for having me. Well, we're glad to have you here. Uh, it is time for us to get into some of the hot topics. And uh, let me get my notepad here so I can kind of keep track. Uh, Tommy, we're going to let you kind of uh, start us off with hot topics here tonight. Well, there's a lot to choose from. Um, I don't even know where to start. Uh, I guess let's just go with um, – I'll go with the most recent. I think it happened last week, um, the 42 cars back. But it's actually where Ty Dillon moved to the 42 car and merged with GMS and Richard Petty. And I kind of heard you all talking about that when I just got in. Right. Okay, Jay, your thoughts? Yeah, you're right, Tommy. It's tough to pick a starting spot because there has been so much, and that's why we want to do these updates. This one, I think, is huge. Uh, we knew GMS was coming in. They were talking about getting the spon- or the uh, charter, uh, where that would come from. They, again, made a deal, uh, partnership. I believe it's majority ownership of uh, what is now Petty GMS Racing. Uh, I know that Medallion uh, Corporation was the actual owner, but there is a lot of great things happening here. They come in, they get two charters, they got Ty Dillon secure, now going to return with the number 40, uh, 42, keep that back under the Petty banner. I like that. We've seen in the past, Richard Petty is just, was just saying that little something. Uh, as we saw, Eric Jones and Bubba Wallace both come through under the Petty banner, um, have great runs. I think this partnership with GMS, we've seen what they can do as far as coming from the racing standpoint. you got the branding, as I mentioned with Michael Jordan, the branding name of Petty, going to bring that to the table, as well as his knowledge. He's been around uh, a long time. 
uh, in a lot of different ways that, that things get run. So uh, I think it's a huge, huge deal. Both are going to be, I think, uh, very rewarded by it. Uh, keeping Petty at the track, we know we want to see that, and allowed GMS to come in with a secure deal uh, for Ty Dillon as well. Okay, so yeah, that's uh, I think really good news, uh, Jay. I'm sorry, did you have something more you wanted to say that I kind of jumped in? No, this first round again. There is so much to unpack. Uh, I would say uh, that was for at least this first round. Okay, did we lose you, Jay? No, oh, okay. I, I said good for Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I think this is really good news. I'm glad to see Ty Dillon getting a full-time ride. Uh, I'm glad to see him uh, going with the team uh, and making that a two-car operation again. Uh, with GMS Racing kind of being involved with that as well. I think that's going to allow RPM and GMS to kind of up their game a little bit. We know how quickly GMS can be for getting off to a good start. Uh, They started up uh, uh, and quickly found success, uh, both in the Xfinity Series and and the Truck Series, so I'm kind of anticipating the same thing here in the Cup Series, especially with an organization like uh, RPM. So uh, really excited to hear that Ty Dillon, uh, I think I read this is the first time he's ever had a teammate, uh, and I think Eric Jones will be a great teammate uh, to be working with Ty, with, uh, Ty Gibbs, or Ty uh, Dillon, I mean. So what are your thoughts, Tommy? Well, we already knew that um, GMS was coming in, and uh, I was already excited because, you know, Ty Dillon was going to be in the 94 car, I believe, which was, you know, Bill Elliott's old number. And I was kind of sad to see the 42 car go when Chastain said he was going to be the one car with CGR because that was the true ending of, um, I guess you want to call it Sabco and, and Chip Ganassi. Uh, mm-hmm. But when I saw the photos last week of the car, the petty blue and the, I guess the orange of GMS, and then it was going to be the 42 car with the 43 car font, you know, Lee Petty's car. I thought it was awesome. The interesting parts to me about it though, are I think Richard Petty, I mean, him selling majority uh, ownership is a, is a big deal because it kind of makes it seem like GMS has taken over. I mean, I I'm just thinking out loud. I I kind of figured Kyle Petty would have wanted to take over Petty eventually, Petty Enterprises or whatever, Petty Racing. But I think it's also a good thing for Richard Petty because I'm sure GMS wants to be competitive right away and not trying to disrespect the 43 car, but it hasn't been competitive in a long time in my opinion. So uh, I hope that this works out for Ty Dillon and Eric Jones um, because – I mean, Eric Jones was in the 20 car and has two wins, and then he more or less goes kind of downgrades. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't really mean that in a bad way, but that's kind of what happens. So I'm kind of hoping that this puts him back on track. Uh, Ty Dillon gets a teammate, and I'm really interested to see the paint scheme, as always, because, like I said, that orange and blue together, it looked really good. And um, 
I want to know what sponsorship is going to be. I mean, I've got some ideas because I feel like Ty Dillon always has Bass Pro Shops on the car or something, so I'm sure we'll see that out there. Uh, also, GMS is, um, what is it, Allegiant? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we see something like that out there eventually. But, yeah, I mean, it was definitely a, a surprise, but at the same time, we knew GMS wanted a charter and, and everything, so them becoming a team together, you know, it's just just another silly season move. Yeah, another interesting silly season for sure. Uh, Jay, your follow-up? Well, I got to give give props to Tommy there, pulling out the uh, Sabco name uh, going going way back. Um, you're right, and that with that comes that uh, Chip Ganassi leaving. Um, with good and expansion comes those losses, and that was that was one that uh, I'm happy for Chip. That's what he decided to do, and, and Trackhouse uh, was a benefit of that, as well as now is the car number of 42 returning to Richard Petty. I will say this, and I, I don't know, Sharon, if you, if you have where we had it on the hot topics. I couldn't find it if you got it back down to the bottom. Nope. Not yet. I know Mike expressed some concern. We have actually seen Richard Petty Motorsports uh, be partnered with different um, mm-hmm. in different ways. Uh, going back to Gillette Everham Petty Motorsports, uh, I don't know the last time, although the Petty name is on there, I know Medallion was the primary owner of Richard Petty Motorsports. Um, and I think that's where the key factor comes in, is they were a finance group, um, so had the money, but GMS brings the race side of it as well. And that's why I said I think it's a very good marriage, if you will, uh, as these two come together. And you brought up the interesting aspect of, of the teammate dynamic of uh, Ty Dillon never having a, a teammate. Uh, Eric Jones has had some teammates, but uh, not with uh, Richard Petty Motorsports. And, and Tommy's right. They, they haven't been winning races uh They've had their moments. I, like I said, I felt like they were just missing that one little thing. And I think GMS, with the racing background, what we've seen them do to build programs, as Sharon mentioned in the truck series, they did dabble some in the Xfinity. This time they decided to skip over that and move up to the Cup. Uh, I think the timing is right. And this opportunity, I think, is going to do real well for both sides. Okay. You you know, what's interesting is in the original announcement back in in early October, October 10th, uh, they listed the car number is the number 94, and they show a picture of that car uh, with a black, white, and orange paint scheme uh, and Ty Dillon standing next to it. But uh, they were saying that the number 94 had significance to team president Mike Bean. He ran that car in the 90s uh, with Bill Elliott and uh, out of his team. So uh, it's kind of interesting that they they did make that just switch now to the 42 uh, with uh, Petty GMS Motorsports. So uh, kind of an interesting uh uh, change of plans there after kind of making a big deal of the fact that that uh, number 94 had such significance. Uh, so, uh, but I'm looking forward to seeing what they're going to do next season uh, and excited with this, uh, this happening with uh, uh, Richard Petty Motorsports. It doesn't take him out of the sport completely. A kid still keeps that 
uh, Richard Petty name and branding into uh, the <clears throat> NASCAR Cup Series, uh, but also opens an avenue for GMS Racing uh, to come into the Cup Series and, and hopefully find some success. Another thing that they mentioned uh, in that original announcement is that that car is supposed to be featured with an alliance with Richard Childress Racing. So uh, I think that's all good. I, I see Chevrolet kind of moving toward and doing more of uh, what we've seen with uh, Ford and uh, specifically uh, Toyota Racing as far as driver development. So it's all good. Tommy, any final thoughts there? Uh, I'm curious to see Richard Petty's role because I know now that he's more so an ambassador and not really an owner. But uh, like you guys are saying, I just think GMS is going to make that 43 and 42 car more competitive, and we've kind of been talking about this a lot. But it looks like we're going to be looking at a 40-car field of straight-up competitive cars, which is exactly what we want. So um, I just I can't wait. February can't get here soon enough. The clash in speed weeks is what I'm waiting for. And, I mean, once again, I'm just interested to see that petty blue and that orange paint scheme that's going to be on that 42 car because it looked good in the Hall of Fame on those pictures. And um, good to see Ty Dillon back with his brother, um, Austin Dillon. They're going to be back on the track together again. Uh, Aaron Jones now has a teammate. I mean, we haven't seen Richard Petty have a – the last time we saw two cars for them was the 43 and 44 car, the 43 and 45 car. But like I said, most of all, um, you know, Lee Petty drove the 42 car way back when. So I'm sure Richard's glad to see his dad's car number out there again. Well, back with Petty and not with uh, Sabco or uh, Chip Ganassi. So. But I'm glad the 42 car didn't go away. It's already back. It was only, what, retired a few weeks, a few months? (laughs) Yeah. That's good. That's good. Okay. So, Jay, uh, what's our next hot topic here? Well, Tommy kind of alluded to it as we did as we wrapped up the Cup Series. uh, Trying to pull up here. I I think Mike had it posted. Well, I lost it. Here we go. Adam Stern is the one that tweeted it out. 2311 Racing agreed to pay $5 million for the Starcom charter, per sources. Uh, one of the most <laughs> expensive purchases yet since was introduced in 2016. Uh, so with that, we've seen a couple of teams that have bought whole organizations. Uh, I think the 19, somewhere in the $19 million was the deal for Richard Petty Motorsports, but that comes with two charters and two full programs, uh, whereas... Denny Hamlin and, and 2311 and Jordan had to buy just the charter itself for 13.5. So what your thoughts on that are, the price of them, and then the impact it has as it relates to the teams that are getting them now. Okay, Tommy. So um, I feel like I remember Denny saying, or maybe it was junior, I can't remember, but either way, some of them, somebody said that the charters were too expensive um, to buy, and now Denny Hamlin bought one. But we already knew 
we already knew that he was most likely going to bite the bullet and buy one. So that way that 45 and 23 car would have, well, the 23 car already had a guaranteed spot in the field, but we kind of knew that Kurt Busch in the 45 car was going to have a guaranteed spot in the field too. So, um, but 13.5 million, I mean, we saw Trackhouse just straight up buy Chip Ganassi and we just saw GMS basically straight up buy Petty. So, um, now all we got is those two other Rick Ware charters and Spire Motorsports or Spire has already confirmed whoever they sold to, too. Or I'm not too sure what's going on there. Uh, I'll have to read up on it. But I'm not surprised that 23XI bought that charter. And um, see you later, Starcom. I mean, nothing bad against them. But, I mean, they usually rode in the back of the pack anyway. So um, what we've been talking about is, all of these competitive cars and all of these new competitive teams coming in. Uh, I mean, you know, I remember when it used to be a 43 car field and, you know, drivers like 35 through 43 were usually the people that were running in the back every week, but they are important also because every now and then they'll show up at Talladega or Daytona and, and win a race. I mean, Brad Kozlowski won in that 09 car back at Talladega in 2009. So, um, you know, seeing Starcom leave is kind of sad, I guess, at the same time. But at at the same time, this is a good thing uh, for the sport and for Kurt Busch. But I do feel like I remember Denny saying that charters were too expensive, and it's kind of funny that he did spend $13.5 million on one. So, Yeah, it is kind of amazing. Star, did the Starcom uh, charter sell for nineteen million? Is that what you said, Jay? Uh, no, that was, I believe, what the deal for Petty Motorsports, which came with two charters. Oh. Uh, oh, okay. 20, the yeah, the Starcom one to, to twenty three eleven was thirteen point five, which as an individual is the highest price paid so far. Yeah, see, and I, I think that's amazing when you think about the quality of the team at Starcom. It was a back runner, so it's a little bit shocking that it would cost that much uh, for that charter. Um, to me, it seems a little shocking that it's that, that high. Um, but uh, I think it does explain why a lot of these teams are just out and out buying uh, other existing teams uh, to get their charters uh, with uh, Trackhouse uh, buying out Chip Ganassi Racing and now we're seeing GMS kind of buying out, if you will, uh, at least the majority stake at Richard Petty Motorsports. So uh, it, it makes sense from a lot of perspectives as to why they're doing that. They're getting more bang for their buck uh, by doing that versus going out and just buying a charter. I, I think it might become a little bit harder and harder uh, to uh, sell those charters if they continue to put the prices up like that because because these cheap guys are finding ways to get around it and uh, saving money and getting more value for their money uh, by not going out and buying a charter. So I think that's going to become more and more of a trend uh, as uh, we progress. And as we've talked about it, there's a lot of teams who already know Jeff Gordon 
uh, moved into Hendrick Motorsports. Uh, he'll probably be taking over that organization. But there are other teams uh, that uh, we anticipate changes uh, coming. Uh, Richard Childress Racing is one. We anticipate that uh, Mike Bean, not Mike Bean, uh, but Austin Dillon's dad, Mike Dillon, uh, is probably going to take over there. But um, it, it's just interesting to see how this is playing out. But I think it's playing out the way it is. Uh, for very legitimate reasons. So, Jay, I'm curious to know what your thoughts are. Well, I, I got a lot of them here. Uh, first one, you're right. Denny Hamlin was one that was uh, saying uh, the, talking about the cost of it, as was Dale Jr., and that's how we wrapped up our uh, Cup Series uh, program there. And with... 2311 wanting to build like they want to and, and had the driver and everything ready. They almost had junior motorsports uh, maybe isn't quite ready to go up to the cup re- program or is going to try to wait it out. And I know I wish Mike would have been here tonight. He's got some opinions on the topic for sure. Uh, Rick, Ware racing might be trying to hold out and get like what Starcom did but that window might have now closed, being that you have the top competitive teams uh, pretty much locked down, and then Junior Motorsports being the one last possible one, and Junior has said he won't pay it. You know, they'll find another way, even if it is then buying out an entire organization. And, And the reason I say this might be at its peak, and he's missing that window as it closes back down, as you get these top teams like this, uh, say, for example, Chip Ganassi Racing. He was able to sell out an entire organization, get rid of the or uh, sell the two charters for about $20 million, you know, $10 million, which was a little bit more than, the, I believe, $6 million was the last one sold last year. Um, so Rick Ware might be trying to get capitalize on it, but might get burned because unless a team is that adamant about coming in and starting from scratch, and, and the reason I say that, for example, if Rick Hendrick were to sell one, they have had sponsorship all along, which covers a lot of their bills. A team like Starcom, they don't have the sponsorship. All they can get out of it is selling that charter. So I think that's the difference there uh, of why they were able to get such a high price. Uh, like I said, uh, when it comes down to it, Junior Motorsports may be one of the last ones that we've really heard talk about wanting to come in and getting just – the charter uh they're not going to buy up that team because again if they go they're going to get hendrick supplied stuff so uh they're not looking to buy the team but the charter um as 2311 did they didn't need the starcom equipment they needed just that piece of paper um you know it worked out for starcom and Derek cope and, and that team uh right place right time and was able to get it done i don't know if we see that going into the future Okay. Um, Tommy, any follow-up thoughts? Uh, I don't really think so. I think we knew that it was coming, that Denny was going to bite the bullet and purchase a charter. So um, it's the end of Starcom, though, the end of that double zero car, end of uh, Clint Huff. But uh, Kurt Busch now gets to drive Michael Jordan's 45 car around, and I can't wait to see the paint scheme for that. Very cool, yes. I, I have to agree. That will be very cool uh, to see that 45 car on the on the track for 2311. 
Okay, Jay, any follow-ups on your end? No, uh, the, the other thing I really do want to hit on there, as Tommy mentioned, we're getting really close, at least for the 36 chartered teams now, that we're going to see majority of them be very solid and competitive teams. Uh, you know, you're still going to have four spots available uh, for new teams or, or teams that want to try and make particular races. I'd say they can't then be competitive. Qualifying uh, going to come into play as, as we see that return. But I'm happy to see majority now of the 36 chartered teams. And, and you know, I'm like Tommy, I don't want to talk bad about any team. It's, but facts are facts. They're just certain teams aren't at mm-hmm. the same level as throw out Joe Gibbs Racing and Hendrick Motorsports. Uh, but I think we're seeing more of the 36 charters be top-level uh, organizations or ones that will be within a short time period very competitive. And, and I do like to see that. So if we have 36 uh, or 32, 34 maybe of those 36, and then you're still going to get the occasional uh, – teams that want to make a particular race, such as the Daytona 500, or these other teams. I know um, Rick Ware Racing, they do appear to want to be building towards the future, just haven't had the right opportunity, as well as Spire Motorsports. They have race wins. Um, so I know they got to start somewhere, and as long as they are building, and I hate to say that, but I don't feel like Starcom ever was going to equate to a top competitive team they were out there mm-hmm. with the design as mike would say about irwr collect the paycheck for starting the race and moving on i don't know if i buy that fully with rick rare racing but starcom i mean realistically was so we'll have to see spire motorsports and rick Ware are two years still that maybe aren't the most top competitive week in and week out uh, particular events they do good at uh, if they're surviving and can build on that more power to them if not, maybe in the next year or two, we see Junior Motorsports or another team like that either buy up their charter or buy up their organization uh, and turn it into their own. So uh, hopefully we see that, of, like Tommy said, a full of very competitive teams. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and bring up a topic here. It's one that I actually didn't see until today. Uh, and, Tommy, I think you posted something about it up here, too, about NASCAR uh, for the 2023 season, I think they're talking about this, um, the possibility of NASCAR. Uh, you know, they talked about the broadcast uh, programs. Uh, Fox Sports wants to sign with uh, NASCAR. They like the partnership there. But NBC has been a little more hesitant, and it doesn't. And Adam Stern is reporting, or somebody uh, associated with uh, the Sports Business Journal is reporting that they feel like uh, ESPN could be coming back to NASCAR uh, races uh, for the 2023 season. I believe it's that soon. Uh, but I also want to get your thoughts about USA covering some of the races in the 2022 season uh, for NBC uh, since they are kind of changing how they're covering races uh, coming up for this next season. So that's kind of a two-part thing there. How do you feel about ESPN possibly uh, taking over the NBC portion of the season and USA covering some of the races for next season? So, uh, Tommy, we'll start with you on that one. So this morning when I saw that ESPN wanted to get involved back in NASCAR, um, I got excited. So, I mean, 
I, that's why I put it in there because I thought it was going to be really big news. But um, I think it's also, uh, if I read it right, it looks like Adam Stern is predicting that he thinks ESPN is going to uh, pick up right. NASCAR in 23. But um, after I read around on Twitter, too, a little bit, saw some of the comments and what people had to say about it, and I actually saw where people weren't too excited about ESPN taking over NASCAR for, you know, for a partial schedule in 2023. And I just – I feel the opposite of that because I feel like a lot of people watch ESPN not just for NASCAR but for other things. And if NASCAR is going to be on ESPN – it's going to appeal to a broader audience, which is ultimately what what I want. Because I mean, I'm not I don't like talking bad because I love NASCAR a lot, and I'm not trying to talk bad here. But I remember, like, you can go back on YouTube and type in um, the night race that Dale Jr. won in 2001 at Daytona. There is not a single seat that is empty. I mean, it's so full and packed. And when you watch races now, unless it's like Daytona, Talladega, Bristol, Martinsville, they don't sell out. And even then, I feel like you still see a lot of empty seats. So my point, I guess, is is ESPN getting NASCAR, you couldn't have anything better because a lot of people watch ESPN, and that's going to kind of put NASCAR back on the map, in my opinion. Or not back on the map, but it's going to, it's going to bring a lot more interest back. And, you know, ESPN will hype it up, do commercials. They'll do – I feel like they'll do a good job. And another top comment that I was seeing that I really liked a lot too was, who are they going to put in the booth? Well, if NBC Sports, who has Junior, isn't going to do it, I, I mean, there you go. There, who who better than to put Junior in there? Uh, another one, I always bring him up. He just did SRX this year. But Alan Beswick, can we please get him back in NASCAR? Can we please <laughs> – like, please, somebody listen. How many times do we have to tweet and talk about it on the show? How many, like, I, and I'm not the only one that feels that way. There are so many people that are tweeting about Alan Bestwick getting back in the sport. Let's make it happen. And he's got to be a commentator. I mean, he, I feel like he does a great job. And, you know, Fox has Clint Boyer, and I think Clint did great. And I don't want to see Clint leave that booth. I know Mike Joy's getting older. He's probably going to retire soon, unfortunately. He'll be missed. Um, Jeff Gordon just stepped down. But even though I was a big Jeff Gordon fan, I don't know how I liked him in the booth. I, I miss Darrell Waltrip. But um, Larry McReynolds, that would be another good one. And you asked about USA. Um <clears throat> That channel is also like that. People watch NCIS and shows like that on that. So I don't know how NASCAR work on that channel. However, I feel like that channel would also be able to get um, other people interested in the sport because that's not a – but then, too, I feel like that's not a normal channel that people would feel like they would be turning it to to watch a NASCAR race. So, But ESPN is the worldwide, worldwide leader of sports. Yeah, I want NASCAR to be on ESPN. That would be amazing. I remember when it used to be on TNT. Mm-hmm. Okay, Jay, your thoughts? Uh, kind of a mixed bag here. Uh, you would work really well. Um, that is the reason that they quit covering it uh, back in the day, and I think that was their thought process. I don't know... 
I want to say I feel like they maybe didn't give it 100% like they needed to. I realized there was a lot of coverage, and when racing first started and first came to, to being broadcast, um, they didn't always get full coverage of races. And ESPN did evolve. And I think right now, though, ESPN is the one looking at maybe they missed the boat or realized if they just stuck with it where it could be paying off now. And they're going through a lot of different uh, revamping of the program to want involved uh, if that's the case it works both parties uh i think it can be a very good thing it's if they're going to commit to it to give it its full uh that would be my biggest thing same when it comes to you say now there i will say this it's a network uh, but they also do and i'm sure i'm going to get get uh i don't know if, if we get any hate hate mail but uh, some negative reviews here, but USA does cover other sporting events. Uh, and I, the one that popped into my head right off the top of the, my head is the Westminster uh, dog. Okay. Not that I'm trying to compare race or dog. They do some events. They do do a good job of covering the event. So I prepared to cover an entire half a season. No, probably not. And it would take some work uh, for them to get to that level. But if they do it on those highlighted events, I think they do do a good job with it. Tennis is another one I know they cover, and I think they did cover some of the Olympics as well. So they have that capability at least on a part-time basis. So I'm okay with that to see how it goes. Like Tommy mentioned, it'll depend on what crew comes in there to cover it, being that it is part of the NBC deal. Um, if that's the team that goes over there, that's fine, or if they bring in a new set. When it comes to Alan Bestwick, I know he did the SRX deal, but that was six races. The one thing we've got to keep in mind, as much as we like to see, whether it be a driver, a broadcaster, or a crew chief in that position, if that's not where they want to be and what they want to be doing, you got to take that into consideration. I don't know if Alan Bestwick wants to be covering a full half season or whole season. I think that SRX deal kind of was a pitfall six races, do it, done, move on to something else. I don't know that. I'm just saying. Uh, we got to be be aware of that. Of you know, they're, they're Gordon said, my focus here. I enjoyed it. It was fun. He was good at it. But he also knows he wants to move on to something else. If that's what you want to do, he will always be one of the greatest. I agree with that. But to try and uh, campaign to bring him back, doesn't want to come back. Uh, you know, it's not. There's no point to it. <laughs> Yeah, you bring up a good point in that regard, to, uh, with regard to Alan Bestwick. Uh, as much as we love him and want him to be here, uh, it's very possible that he would rather be somewhere other than racing. Um, I, but he is missed. He is definitely missed. So I agree with what Tommy says, too. A lot of people would love to see Alan Bestwick come back. Uh, as far as ESPN... Uh, I'm a kind of a mixed bag as well. I, I agree with a lot of what Tommy is saying, but at the same time, I remember the last time ESPN was involved, a lot of people weren't happy with the coverage. They felt that NASCAR kind of got lost in amongst all the other sports that they do cover. Um, and uh, the, it wasn't like uh, a, a focus on just NASCAR. It was uh, too many other sports that they cover 
that NASCAR didn't get the full attention that it might have gotten with, uh, like, Race Hub on Fox Sports or even with NASCAR America. I remember NBC used to do the NASCAR America uh, shows. So uh, they kind of backed off with that. I'm a little upset that NBC did that. Um, My fear for next season is that a lot of people are so used to NASCAR being on NBC uh, and Fox Sports uh, that unless they are following NASCAR like we follow NASCAR, they might not know, some of the more casual fans may not know that some of these races are on USA. And uh, I've got a bad feeling that a lot of people are going to be fumbling around trying to figure out what happened to the NASCAR races. Uh, for those races that are going to be on USA. I don't think that's a place that most people would expect to find NASCAR races. Uh, So I do worry that it may, I don't know what kind of percentage I'm talking about here, but I I think there is going to be a percent of people that aren't going to know where to go. And we'll probably see a lot of people on social media saying, where's the NASCAR race? Um, Because I get that even now. Uh, you know, especially when they change over the season uh, from the Fox Sports season to the NBC season, part of the season, people will call me saying, where's the NASCAR race? I can't find the NASCAR race. And I have to let them know where the race is. So if they're doing that now with it being NBC, uh, what are they going to do next year when it's on USA? Uh, I think a lot of people, they're they're just not going to expect it to be there. So I think that could be a little bit of an issue, and I'm a little upset with NBC uh, for kind of uh, changing gears on us, if you will, uh, and uh, putting putting NASCAR in that situation. Um, So you're right about it being speculation, uh, kind of a prediction. And I don't think it's Adam Stern. I think it's one of his colleagues that are making that prediction, uh, that it could be NBC uh, switching over to ESPN uh, for that 2023 season. So uh, uh, I, I think it's a little bit of a mixed bag uh, if you think about how fans were a little frustrated with ESPN and the fact that they were lost in amongst uh, all of the other sports that ESPN covers. As far as coverage, uh, I do think that uh, they did a fairly good job of coverage, uh, but uh, I, I have to agree with some of the fans that it did kind of get lost uh, among all the other sports that they cover, and especially uh, if there's Olympics or something like that going on. Uh, Hopefully NASCAR will take a break and like they did this year uh, instead of uh, counting on some kind of coverage uh, if that happens. So that's just some of my thoughts, Tommy. Uh, what what are your follow-up thoughts there? Well, that's a lot what I was seeing on Twitter, too, as to why people weren't really too excited for possibly ESPN taking over. And I also saw some shots where ESPN, where people were saying that ESPN didn't do that good of a job with F1. Um, I, I feel like I don't, for me, I mean, I, I was born in 95. And, you know, 
I have a lot of die casts from like ninety six, ninety seven, ninety eight, but I don't remember those races. I think I remember for, remember from two thousand and one and up. And I always feel like it was on Fox, TNT, and NBC. I don't really remember ESPN covering NASCAR, so I can't say how uh, ESPN treated NASCAR. But I think that um, was in the two thousands. It was. So I, I just, yeah, it I was. just don't. I just don't remember it being on ESPN for some reason. But I'm not surprised with what y'all were saying, though, because ESPN, you know, I I watch ESPN and NFL Network, too. They do cover NFL and NBA and MLB a lot more. NASCAR is kind of like hockey and soccer, if you will. They just, after they've covered NFL, NBA, and MLB, they'll give NASCAR their little five minutes, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So that I get what that's being said, but at the same time, I feel like any time NASCAR is on ESPN and in any sort of some some sort of capacity, a lot more people would be, will be watching ESPN than they will be USA or um, NBC Sports Network or FS1. But right. you are There'll right. More cross promotion, I think. Yeah, but there's more more diehard NASCAR fans are going to know that it's on FS1, NBC Sports Network, Fox, NBC, or wherever it's moving to. But maybe ESPN knows they messed up on NASCAR when they had it previously, and maybe this time they want to do it right. And another thing that I saw on Twitter that I kind of got excited about too was how about ESPN doing like the pre-race ceremonies and stuff and they brought up how, like, Jimmy Spencer and Kenny Wallace used to do uh, speed before the races and stuff. Mm-hmm. And kind of like the kind of like a college football scene like they do uh, with ESPN on Saturday mornings and stuff. That would be awesome. I think that would be, that would be great for NASCAR if you do that and have the fans on the track around whoever they pick to have out there. And then I guess just to wrap this up, final thoughts for me. It would be amazing if ESPN did pick it up, did a great job, and in the booth, it was our best week in Bell Jr. <laughs> but uh, oh, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. Uh, Jay, your follow-up? Yeah, uh, it's kind of been the highlight. Now, uh, ESPN would have to do a more improved job of what they did. And I know I realized at the time maybe NASCAR wasn't quite at its, as, at its height, and, and if I recall correctly, uh, Speed Vision was then bought by ESPN, and that's when it, it kind of started to go away. When it was its own program or, or channel, it was thriving. Once ESPN took mm-hmm. it over is when it kind of got cut back and then eventually eliminated altogether. Uh, and, and Tommy mentioned the, uh, I don't remember what it was, the pre-race show there with uh, Kenny Wallace, Larry McReynolds, Jim Spencer. Yeah, it was a great thing. Um, like they do with, he mentioned a uh, college game day or your, I think the NFL has three different pre pre shows like that. So it would be a matter of how they handle it. Hopefully uh, some adjustments are made from how they did in the past. And they realize what they possibility, what they could have to capitalize on it. The one thing, as you were talking about USA, uh, I understand what you're saying, Sharon. Uh, and I get that from, from my mom, um, you know, she knows two channels, FS1 and NBC. Even when NBC <laughs> started doing uh, some of the races on NBCSN, 
Um, I believe her company uh, did carry that, but not all companies carry NBC Sports Network. Um, same as mm-hmm. FS, or not, maybe not quite as bad as FS1. I think FS1 is a more sta- uh, stable one throughout most programs. USA is, though, a part of uh, most of your cable packages. So uh, the benefit there versus NBC Sports Network uh, when they moved it there I think is better. But like you said, that's not a normal channel. They're going to have to make sure that is very well known. Um, but you can't, just like when we do it, talk about it on the show, you got to check with your local cable company as far as what channel it is. Um, mm-hmm. Now, in mom's case, she doesn't get on social media about it. She gets on my messenger. <laughs> so, um, but, exactly. Um, you know, that, that is something that is going to be a factor, like you said, of, of it's not a normal place for it. So people would just have to get accustomed to it. We'll see if it's a long-term deal. Um, so we'll, we'll have to see if this does come to play. Hopefully, uh, you know, NASCAR says, hey, if you're going to do this, we want you to do it to this amount and, and whatnot. Uh, the one thing, and I don't know if Tommy will remember this, but I know Sharon will appreciate it. What I want to see come back is the Dick Trickle mention on ESPN uh, <laughs> Sports Center. Who is it? Dick Trickle. Uh, they always manage to throw Dick Trickle's oh. name in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, I, I think that, I think one of the other complaints too was that I hope that they get people that are familiar with NASCAR. I think one of the other complaints with ESPN is some of the people that they put in the booth to cover it really didn't have a lot of NASCAR knowledge and they were mispronouncing the names and everything else but you're right Jay it was when uh, they were closing down the speed and uh, the speed channel that was solely I mean it was all about NASCAR on speed Uh, and then they switched it over to ESPN where uh, NASCAR got got buried behind all the other sports and I think that's why it was such a big issue for a lot of fans uh, I think that's exactly when that ESPN contract came in. Um, so mind, I think the other thing that's going to kind of play into some of this is the fact that some of those races are going to be streamed on Peacock streaming service uh, next year as well. So um, that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out too. I know NASCAR is kind of testing uh, the streaming environment, but and we mentioned it earlier that some of the ARCA races are going to be on Flow Sport, which is going to be all streaming. Uh, so it's not going to be on a network provider. Uh, those ARCA races are going to mainly be found on that Flow Sport uh, streaming app. Uh, so uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this continues to play out over time. Uh, I know a lot of people are dropping cable and going to streaming services. Uh, I mentioned earlier in the show that I have Roku devices on all of my TVs, and I've dropped my cable, and I just do the streaming now uh, with a TV streaming service. So um, it's kind of interesting to see how NASCAR is going to transition uh, with that trend that's taking place as well. So uh, it'll be fun. I think it would be a perfect opportunity for them to have their own app and do their own streaming uh, at some point in the future where people know exactly where to go to find all of the races. I think that would be cool. Okay. Uh, 
Let's go to the next hot topic. Tommy, I think it's your turn. Oh, man, another one. Uh, I have a few. Um, I, th- I guess we could go with uh, Todd Gillen's going to be a rookie in the uh, front row. But another one I'd like to bring up if we have time is uh, Nashville Fairgrounds, North Willisboro, and Rockingham. So um, I don't, I don't okay, really which care which one, one we hit. Uh, well, let's do which one do y'all Todd Gilliland. Okay. Okay. Jay? All right, I'm trying to pull up. I know uh, I think Mike had chimed in on this one. Uh, see if I can find it. I, again, I'm happy for Todd Gillen, uh, Front Row Motorsports. We talked about that. Of They opted to not sell their charter. Originally, the 2311, uh, that was who they seemed to be buying for. And for whatever reason, that, that uh, deal fell apart. And I really feel like um, Front Row Motorsports says, hey, wait, we're on the, on the progression of building our own program. Michael McDowell winning the Daytona 500, had some great runs uh, to start the season. I know he had a streak of top tens going. Uh, try, I'm not sure if, again, Todd Gillen is the, is the best fit there, although their connection with um, the truck series and David Gillen Racing kind of saw it coming. Uh, I think Todd is maybe one of those that needed to move to the Xfinity Series first, but we'll have to see how it plays out. Uh, I really felt like that was a spot where maybe Ryan Newman or Amanda Benedetto, as a veteran driver, could have helped that program uh, uh, come, uh, come along even more so, like Michael McDowell has done. He has stayed with them. I do like the, the fact that they held out and didn't give up their charter uh, for whatever price. Um, that they're trying to build their own program. And that is one we've seen in the past. I know they've come down from, I think at one time they had three or maybe even four cars. They're down to a two car, but they're making it work. They just got to find that, that right fit. And we'll see if it is Todd Gillen. We saw the year before it was John Hunter Nemechek. Had some good runs, um, but wasn't great week in and week out. Michael McDowell this year, I think, uh, showed some great consistency Still not, you know, we'll say top 20 team now, 20th to 15th uh, uh, in that neighborhood. Um, but they did fall off there at the end, and, and we knew that was likely to happen. We'll see if uh, they can hit the right combination, if Todd Gillen can bring that. Um, we've seen him have great success as he came up throughout his career. Um, you know, wasn't quite the fit at KBM for whatever reason. We saw him out with the, the Front Row Motorsports and, and the partnership with David Gillen Racing in the Truck Series get back to the top level as he competed for the championship. So I don't want to take that away from him, but, you know, just with, as we saw with John Hunter Nemechek, it just wasn't quite right. Hopefully it does work out and mesh well, and I hope the best for him, because I do want to see that become one of those regular top 15, top 10 competing for wins programs uh, week in and week out. Partnership with somebody, too. Are they partnered with... uh... Uh, Joe Gibbs or some other teams. I'm trying to think what they run. Do they run Toyotas? Uh, no, oh, I, be- I believe they were Ford. I thought they were Ford because I thought it was with David Gillen. Okay, racing, so maybe Stuart Haas Racing Ford. maybe is their affiliation. Or it, 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 yeah, something that I was thinking about. It seemed like there was an affiliation there too. Uh, that I felt like was making that organization a little bit stronger. But I have to agree with you with regard to uh, Todd Gilliland uh, going straight from trucks 
skipping Xfinity and going right into the Cup Series. It took him a while to make the adjustment to the trucks. Uh, so I'm not so sure that this is going to be a good move for Todd Gilliland yet. Uh, I think we we should not expect him to have uh, real good results right out of the gate. Now, remember, his dad, I think, drove for Front Row Motorsports for a while, too, David Gilliland. So it seems like a logical direction for him to go from that perspective. Uh, but I think we need to give him some time to, to really make that adjustment. We've seen drivers come from the Xfinity Series into Cup and really struggle for a year or two before they actually kind of get their feet under them and do well. So uh, I, I, I would second-guess that decision as well. I think some Xfinity time maybe would have benefited Todd Gilliland before he moved into the Cup Series, but uh, we'll wait and see. Maybe he'll surprise us. Um, and and we'll see what happened. But I do think that there is some bolstering of that front row motorsports organization um, uh, that may help them be more successful in the coming years. Uh, so we'll have to wait and see how that plays out. But I have to agree with Jay on that regard as well. Uh, so, Tommy, what are your thoughts about Tom Gilliland? Well, I'm excited that there's going to be three rookies this year. There's going to be Cindric, Harrison Burton, and now Todd Gilliland. And uh, mm-hmm. you can't really consider Justin Haley a rookie because he's ran, like, full-time the past two years, basically, for Spire. But, um, I mean, it's still going to be technically his first full-time season in a relatively competitive car but either way those are the four young guns now or whatever you want to call them the uh, the three rookies plus justin haley uh so i'm excited about that um i do think it is going to be a big jump like you guys said from trucks to cup because i feel like wasn't this his first year winning in the truck series Mm -hmm. and he's been racing in it for a few years i feel like because i feel like i've been watching truck the past two or three years pretty pretty closely and he's been in it um mm-hmm. but at the same time I, I know we were talking about matt Benedetto and ryan newman being good options there but john hunter nemechek was in that car two years ago and then anthony alfredo this year i guess they like having the veteran driver with the rookie um but john hunter nemechek was able to put that 38 car in the top 10 a few times when he was in it. Um, nothing against Anthony Alfredo, but seemed like he was in a wreck every other week. So um, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully Todd Gilliland um, does a good, you know, does a good job. But also part of that deal was this. Um, Zane Smith now gets into the 38 car that, or the 38 truck that Todd Gilliland was in. So mm-hmm. that, that was part of the deal too, I think. And then um, that also made me realize that I forgot when we were talking about GMS, now that they're going to be a cup team with Ty Dillon, uh, Ty Dillon and Eric Jones, the 42 and 43 car, they also downsized their truck program to just Grant, Grant Infinger and Jack Wood, I think. So now GMS is a two-car truck team. But um, back to front row, I also think it's pretty cool that uh, Todd's dad drove for front row, and now Todd gets to drive for him. I'm, I really like these uh, sons 
of uh, dads that I used to watch. So um, mm-hmm. I, I don't really remember David ever winning at the cup level. I do remember him being in the 38 M&M car after Elliot sat it for a year. So um, it's always, like I said, I always like seeing the sons get in the car and, and race because you know, I feel like there's another one coming up. Too, that I'm that I'm interested in besides Ty Gibbs, uh, Carson uh, Quapple. Uh, mm-hmm. He's going to be coming up. So, it, yeah, I mean, I'm hoping that he does good because I think it's important for the future of NASCAR. And he's obviously he's got the name because his dad was in it. So, um, I hope it works out for him and Michael McDowell. But uh, now I'm just curious to see what happens to Matt, the Benedetto, and Ron Newman. Okay. Well, before we move on to Jay, let me just uh, make an announcement for any people who may be listening for the first time here tonight. Uh, We go off the air at exactly 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time, but we will continue to record the rest of our conversation here. And we are going to be talking about uh, uh, Nashville Fairgrounds, uh, North Wilkesboro, and Rockingham. So uh, you'll definitely want to check this out. Uh, So to let you know how you can hear the rest of the conversation that will be on our podcast, if you've listened up to this point, uh, I will go out on Twitter to let you know that the podcast is available. And at that point, you can go to our player at fanforacing.com and just fast forward to the two-hour mark to hear the rest of the conversation uh, that Jay and Tommy and I are having here uh, tonight. So, uh, again, we do that so that nobody's caught off guard when we go off there in mid-sentence. We want you to know how you can hear the rest of the conversation and uh, know exactly what you need to do to make that happen. So, uh, with that, Jay, uh, let's go ahead and get your follow-up on Todd Killerland. Yeah, we'll have to see how it works out. Like I said, uh, John Hunter Nemechek, we had high hopes for him. Um, I feel like maybe he bailed a year early, as then we saw the the rise of Michael McDowell and the team uh, didn't quite transfer over to Anthony Alfredo, and I personally think that was one where um, sponsorship may have helped with it, but I don't think he was ready to step up to the cup level. We'll Mm -hmm. have to see with Todd Gillen. Um, You know, you don't want to take away anything from what they've done in the past because especially in another series, as we saw Jimmy Johnson – you look at his Xfinity ser- uh, career, and, and you'd say, why did he ever get picked to move up? Uh, and now you're talking about a, a multi-time champion there, a seven-time mm-hmm. champion. So, you know, that isn't always necessarily the case. You know, for for some reason, maybe the trucks just didn't match up with Todd Gillen's driving style, but he did adapt. He did pick up the one uh, victory there with Kyle Busch Motorsports, and then really did have a, a better, I think, breakout year this year, though, um, than he had in the past. So, again, there just, for some reason, wasn't quite the fit and connection um, at KBM. Um, and he moved on and, and made the best of it, most of it, and now has this opportunity. So, uh, like I said, I do wish the best for him. Um, again, if I feel a little bad, I, I feel like uh, maybe Matt Benedetto would have been a good fit in there, but uh, I hope that he finds a spot. And, and hope the best for Todd Gillen. Uh, you know, he's one I know. Sharon, thanks to Sharon and working with the uh, series, and then the East series as he did double duty. Got to meet and talk with, 
And, and those series, when I watched him, uh, he's got the talent. Uh, it's, it's a matter of mm-hmm. matching it up with the right crew chief, the right team, because he's definitely got the talent. Exactly. I think part of his experience in the uh, truck series has been the maturity and developing a maturity for uh, Todd Gilliland uh, to help him be more successful in the trucks. And I'm I'm glad to see that happening for him. Uh, And, uh, again, it's not that he's not talented if it takes him a while to make that adjustment. Uh, It's it's that it's a tough transition to make uh, from the trucks right into the Cup Series. And you gave a lot of examples of people that struggled with it. Uh, But even great drivers, uh, uh, you know, people who did really well in the Xfinity Series, like William Byron and Cole Custer and Chase Chase, uh, Briscoe and – there's somebody else I had in mind that slipped my mind now, but uh, uh, Christopher Bell and who else? Um, Tyler Reddick. Uh, it, it takes a while for some of these drivers to make that adjustment. It, it's not easy. It's a heavier car, uh, and it's a lot harder to handle uh, out on the track than what the Xfinity Series cars are or even the Truck Series cars are. So uh, that's why it's such a big adjustment for them to make. Um, but yeah, I agree. I, I hope him all the. I wish for him to have all the uh, luck in the world, and uh, that he has a speedy uh, transition there, uh, and that front rows has kind of positioned themselves in a better position uh, for more success in the coming year. So uh, we'll have to wait and see how it plays out. I guess. Uh, but, Tommy, what are your wrap-up thoughts on this particular subject? And then we'll go to your other subject that you wanted to bring up. Um, well, I was just going to say, uh, excited for three rookies again, Cindric, Burton, and Gilliland. Who knows, we might even get a fourth because it's still silly season here. But uh, I think that since Sean Hunnemarchek was able to put that car in the top ten two years ago and Mike McDowell was able to get a win in it this year. I don't see why Todd Gilliland couldn't be successful in it. So I hope it works out that way. Um, that's, that's pretty much it. And uh, no, okay. you, guys don't have, you guys don't have to choose my other hot topics. I was just saying if we still had time to discuss those, I would like to, but y'all can talk about other things. Okay, Jay, did you have something else you wanted to talk about? Well, I, I do actually, and I, and I was looking to see uh, if we had it on the list. I thought Mike had actually put it up, but Tommy will like this. Uh, the Dodge coming back to NASCAR has really picked up some some steam as of late, specifically, and that's why I was trying to see if it was if we had it in here. Tied to Stuart Haas Racing, uh some Dodge pieces uh, at the uh, shop there. I don't know if I fully buy that, and and I always tell Mike I'm trying not to put all my hope on that, but it's one of those where there's smoke, there's fire, and there has just been a lot more Dodge talk here as of recent. Okay, Tommy, your thoughts about that. I'm looking for it too, Jay. (laughs) Was this the one that might have been not posted in the hot topics, but I feel like I know what you guys are talking about because I feel like it has something to do with Mopar also. Like uh, it has something to do with uh, the Mopar repair shops having 
some sort of like NASCAR stuff in it or something. But um, I'm all about it. Um, I would love for Dodge to come back. I miss Bill Elliott and Jeremy Mayfield in the 9 and 19 and Casey Kane. I'll, I'll never forget. And I, in my honest opinion, it, it just makes too much sense to not have them. I mean, you got Camaro versus Mustang versus Challenger or Charger, whatever they do. Let's make it happen. <laughs> uh, I mean, let's just – I feel like back – I mean, I'm, you know, not not trying to talk bad or anything, just honest opinions, I guess, or what, what people can see from the outside looking in. Early 2000s NASCAR, when it was Dodge, Alan Beswick, all the superstars that were young who are now older and retired, like Junior and Kenseth and Newman and all them people. But back then, the sport was huge in the late 90s and early 2000s. And I remember because I was, you know, in between the ages of, you know, 5 to 10. And Dodge is a huge part of it. And I don't know if this is just me, but, you know, people my age, I'm 26, and people my sister's age, and she's 21, 22, she's not a fan of NASCAR or anything. But what I'm trying to get at is is we, my, my generation, we love nostalgia. And if bringing NASCAR or bringing Dodge back to NASCAR, I just, it, it, would, it would just be huge. And I'm, I'm about it. I'm 100% about it. I feel like it needs to happen. Um, even bring Ray Everham back to do it, I guess. Just let's go full, <laughs> full circa back to the early 2000s, and let's make NASCAR huge again, and let's build more tracks like they did. Just kidding, like Homestead and Auto Club, <laughs> Texas. No, no, let's not go that far. But um, I, I'm just excited because I feel like maybe NASCAR is listening to what the fans want. But it really should be the Camaro versus the Mustang versus the Challenger because those are the American sports cars, and that's who needs to be out there on the track, in my opinion. Okay. Uh, and and what we're referring to is a comment from Steve Phelps to Candace Spencer, uh, and this was posted by Adam Stern. Uh, Steve Phelps told Candace, it's been widely rumored that Dodge is one of those uh, or closest to joining NASCAR, and uh, Phelps' response is, I won't confirm or deny that. I would suggest things are progressing, or I would say that things are progressing. Uh, when we have something to announce, we will. So uh, they're progressing on it. He's not confirming or denying that it's Dodge, uh, but uh, I guess there's been a lot more chatter about it being Dodge. Um, Dodge was huge in NASCAR when they were with us. Uh, I remember Casey Kane in the Dodge, Jeremy Mayfield in the Dodge, uh, Ray Everham, you know, and his team, Red Bull sponsoring them. Um, that was all Dodge. Uh, and I think RPM actually ran Dodges for a while, too. Um, so I think it would be good to have Dodge back into the sport uh, I think a lot of fans would really enjoy that. I think we lost a few fans when Dodge left. Uh, people like Jay didn't leave because of that, but I, I know how excited Jay would be uh, if uh, Dodge were to come back into the sport. 
and you'll hear it from him when he speaks in a couple minutes here. But, uh, yeah, I think it would all be good uh, for Dodge to come back into the sport. So I'm going to go to Jay so you can hear his excitement about that possibility. Yeah, Mopar MJ is definitely uh, getting more excited about it. Uh, you know, when this has come up before, it's been that whisper of a rumor, so I wasn't holding my breath. But uh, as it has just built so much, and that is one of the tweets. The other one uh, here recently, like I said, it was Stuart Haas Racing. Uh, a photo appeared with him having some Dodge parts, and I believe that ties back over to uh, one of his other programs. But in conjunction with that, uh, when the topic came up on uh, Sirius XM uh, Speedway with Dave Moody, and he said, again, he cannot confirm or deny he has no specific information. However, he alluded to it that if they were to come back, it might be with the team that you're not thinking of. And that's when this Stuart Haas photo uh, showed up. And, and, I, and I just think back to when, when Stuart Haas Racing went from Chevy to Ford. That came during the uh, just prior to Speed Weeks and was an absolute bombshell out of nowhere. And I think about some of the things uh, that we've seen this past year or so that they struggled with Ford. Um, you know, I know they were looking towards the future that Harvick has alluded to. So, uh, you know, I, that twinge is really there. I've tried to contain it, but uh, it's getting tougher because, like I said, there's just so much more talk about it now than I've heard over the past two or three years where, yeah, some, uh, some other manufacturer might be Honda, might be Dodge, might be this. I didn't get super excited there, but this is really gaining some steam. And, and to see it be with a team like Stuart Haas Racing, uh, I think would be huge. I would become a Chase Briscoe fan. I'll join Andy then and become a huge Chase Briscoe <laughs> fan. Um, uh, you guys that, be fighting but, uh, over who gets to pick them. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, there you go. Um I do hope that if they do, it is with uh, a top team. And, and I'll take a breath here and, and let it go around because I'll, I'll hit on some other things uh, when it comes back around to me the second time. Like I said, i got to catch my breath now. <laughs> oh, okay. Tommy, follow up. Well, um, it's been a while since I read the tweet from Adam Stern, but to me, when they make these types of announcements, announcements. It's been widely rumored that Dodge is one of the closest to joining NASCAR. Won't confirm or deny that. I mean I mean it's almost like they're giving it away. And when when we have something to announce we will. I mean that it almost I don't want to say it's a done deal or anything yet, but they're to me it's basically them saying uh we won't announce it yet, but we will in the future when it you know, when it's more concrete. Mm-hmm. But they're hinting at it so hard that it's that it's kind of going to happen, in my opinion. But the only thing I want to add to it, I guess, is I'll never forget Casey Kane's Mopar paint scheme. Somebody's got to run <laughs> that paint scheme if that comes back. They just have to. That was one of the best paint schemes of all time. Oh, Tommy, that blue and white barbed wire. Yes, that thing was awesome. <laughs> oh, yes. And Richard Petty was in a Dodge, or Richard Petty Motorsports was Dodge. I do remember that, too. And even Penske was. Brad Keselowski in that two-miller light when it first started, He was that was a Dodge. Um, and they did that in the Xfinity Series. I mean, 
like I said, Camaro, Mustang, and Challenger, they all need to be on the same track, duking it out. Okay. Uh, I I don't have a whole lot to add. I think you guys' uh, enthusiasm for this is, is uh, enough to carry this. So, Jay, I'm going to acquiesce to your thoughts and what more hey, you Tommy have to got say me about really, this. Yeah, yeah oh, Tommy know. got me really fired up. <laughs> Uh, I can look look down here at uh, at my diecast, uh, the Mountain Dew number nine as well. Um, that that Kane had the Mountain Dew. The only thing uh, thinking back to he mentioned Ray Everham. When Everham left Hendrick to go to that Dodge de- deal, um, there was rumor that Jeff might go with him. And, and Gordon, being my driver, uh, you know, I didn't figure he was gonna because of what he had at Hendrick. Uh, but that would have been the ultimate. Uh, you know, I like Kane, and he did a great job with it, and I do have that uh, blue and white barbed wire paint scheme as well, the Mopar paint scheme, um, certainly one of my favorite as well. The well, – there's oh, yeah, you did talk about it with it being with, with Richard Petty because as that everham Gillette spot or deal kind of came to an end, that's where Petty and Gillette uh, formed up together for, I think, a couple of years. Mm-hmm. I, I was really disappointed when, when Dodge left, but Brad Keselowski, uh, again, one of my favorite drivers for that particular reason, did deliver them that final championship there in uh, 2012 going out the door. Uh, so they do have that going for them. Um, like I said, if it's Stuart Haas racing, uh, GMS was a possibility. And again, Petty possibly being one of them, uh, getting linked back to Dodge, uh, Hopefully, if they do come back like that, like they did when they came with Everham, they came in full bore. So um, the other thing I wanted to say, and it goes back to Brad Keselowski and something Tommy said, when when I have something to announce, we'll announce it. I think all year he was asked about a deal at Roush Fenway. He kept saying, I don't want to say anything right now. When I have something to announce, I'll announce it. I think you're right. It's all but being said hundred percent official, you know, they're 99% and just wait for that last 1%. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and bring up the topics that uh, Tommy wanted to talk about uh, with regard to, uh, there's been some conversation about, uh, is it Rockingham or North Wilkesboro? Uh Let me go back to my J-Ski here. Um, Get the state getting something like $9 million uh, that they are now able to use to renovate the track. Uh, that's Rockingham. So they're planning on a repave and adding lights there uh, at Beadway, one of the ones that a lot of fans would love to see come back as well. Uh, and then also Nashville, uh, there's more and more conversation about Nashville uh, let me go back here and get that link. Let me see if I can find all of this. Um, Tommy, do you know where it's at here about the Nashville comment? Uh, yeah, and uh, I did. Kind of, I wanted to say too. Jeremy Mayfield had a nice Mountain Dew 19 paint scheme in a Dodge too. So it's um. So I posted two. It's Jay Ski is expected to return to Nashville Fairgrounds. And then I posted one about uh, North Wilkesboro and Rockingham. 
And basically what it was, so Nashville, they are expected to return there. It's kind of been confirmed. They just need to set a date. And then for North Wilkesboro and Rockingham, it was basically what the improvements they are going to make, which was plumbing infrastructure. And then for Rockingham, it's light center repaving. Okay. So, yeah, and it would be in the 2023 season, right? Not the 2022 season. Uh, For Nashville, I think they said possibly 2024. I don't know if they've announced any dates for North Wilkesboro, Rockingham yet. Okay. Okay. So, uh, Jay or Tommy, what are your thoughts about all of that? Since I brought it up, so, I guess. <laughs> so um, the, for Nashville Fairgrounds, well, actually, I want to talk about North Carolina first since that's where I live. I'm about to be busy because they're going to bring back North Wilkesboro. We've already got Charlotte here, and now they're going to add Rockingham back. I mean, them saying that they're going to repave Rockingham and get lights to it. I mean, that sounds like right there that they're going to be doing some sort of short track night race at Rockingham in the near future, whatever that may be. They also gave Rockingham the money to do the plumbing infrastructure as well. So, yeah, I'm going to be going to some races in North Carolina, it sounds like, in a, or in my state here in the next coming years, and I, I can't wait. I mean, you know, I don't. I know that Johnny Benson got his only win at Rockingham, and I, I do remember that from a long time ago. And then they just stopped racing there. And, I mean, I feel like a lot of people miss that track. So I'm excited to see that one come back, especially North Wilkesboro, because that one, a lot of – I don't know a lot of people. I'm sure y'all know this, but Daytona and Martinsville are the only two tracks from the original schedule from 1949 or 1950 or or something like that. So if you get North Wilkesboro back on there, that's three of the original tracks that NASCAR used to race at all the time. And it's another short track. I feel like a lot of fans are realizing that the super speedways and the short tracks and some of these road courses provide the best racing. Nothing against the cookie cutters because some of them do provide good racing too, but not as consistent as the short tracks and super speedways and road courses, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. And now to shift over to Nashville Fairgrounds, um, we already knew. They were pushing so hard to make that happen. We already knew it was a matter of time before they made that happen. But I did see where it's most likely going to be 2024. I saw the pictures for what they want to do. Like They want to build something around like turn three, it looked like, where you have glass. And I think they're calling it like Speedway Alley or something. And you basically just walk by the track and you see the glass and you can see the cars going around turn three or something. It looked pretty cool. But, um, yeah, I mean, and, and, and Nashville's another short track. So, uh, I don't know. It's just I feel like we are – NASCAR is putting a lot of um, short tracks back in the south over here. But – um a lot of people are asking for it and wanting it, and it looks like NASCAR is going to come through and deliver. But me, yeah, it sounds like I'm going to be going to North Wilkesboro and Rockingham here in a few years. <laughs> oh, okay. Jay, your thoughts? 
Well, I don't, I don't know if it's the last two topics. Uh, you might hear a little more yelping out of me, but part of that is the dog, too. It's either playtime or he's excited about these two topics. Uh, this is another <laughs> one. These, two, these tracks, uh, the Fairgrounds, uh, Rockingham, that we've heard of, you know, fans always wanted back, but it was pretty much a done deal. We didn't think it was going to happen. You invest that kind of money into, the, like Tommy mentioned, the lights, the repaving, you know, they're not just doing that on a hope. If that money's being put into it, there there is some type of, again, 95, 99% deal done, uh, whether it be next year, or 2023 or 24, but it's going to happen. And we know we knew that that was the case. It would take that big investment um, as a safer barrier is one. I know that uh, tracks talk about that. That'll have to go in, upgrade to the facility. And then uh, mentioned uh, some of the plans as we've seen now the the way they go with fan interaction, um, I'm trying to think what Las Vegas calls theirs, um, Neon Garage. Uh, we've seen that. Daytona just got the upgrade with different interactive areas. So if that kind of money is going into it, uh, you got to know that there's a pretty good, solid foundation built of, of where they're going in the future. It's just a matter of getting all the, all the T's crossed and the I's dotted uh, to make the official announcement, but they're not going to just invest in that on a hope. So uh, this is another one I, I know has always come up, and I'm like, yeah, okay, don't hold your breath. Well, there's a lot of smoke and fire there, so uh, I am excited for it. Uh, I'm with Tommy. The short track uh, aspect is, I think, something NASCAR did lose, and I think they realize that. So that's what they're trying to go back to their roots and that short track racing grassroots program that they're tying all together across the board. Yeah, I, I think it's all good, and you you guys are absolutely right. It's exciting to see them going back to those tracks. Fans have been craving those tracks, so I'm glad to see NASCAR doing that. Here's the concern I have, and I heard it, I thought about it when, uh, Tommy said, I'm about to get busy here. Um, <clears throat> is it an oversaturation of the area? Uh, fans can, uh, it costs a lot of money to go to some of these tracks and to some of these races. I know Martinsville, you can probably go for fairly cheap right now. Um, and for the drivers, it's probably cool because they can still spend time at home uh, driving to some of these tracks and then getting back home. Uh, not that they can't get back home via their planes uh, from any track around the country, but the travel time is a lot less. Um, but I, I just, the only concern I have, and I'm excited about it just like you guys are, the only concern I have, though, is what, I, whether or not you get an oversaturation of the market area and it ends up failing like it did before, thus causing it to be closed down and not getting, uh, you know, enough fans to the track uh, to support having those tracks open. So uh, it, it sounds great. I'm excited for it. I think it would be, it's wonderful to get these short tracks back on the schedule. I'm not opposed to it. I'm excited about it. Uh, but I think oversaturation is a... Uh, uh, a cause for some concern. So, Tommy, what are your thoughts about that? Uh, I, I actually agree with that because 
as excited as, as I am about Rockingham and North Wilkesboro coming back. I am from North Carolina. I've been here for 26 years. I've not lived in another state. And I'm from Scotland Neck, which is eastern North Carolina. I'm, by Green, I'm in between Greenville and Rocky Mount, North Carolina. People even know where that is. Rockingham is in between Fayetteville and Charlotte. And I'm from a very small town. Rockingham is a bigger town. I can see why it didn't succeed. It's in the middle of nowhere in this state. <laughs> it really is. In North Wilkesboro, not much better. But what North Wilkesboro has going for it, you're headed to the mountains. I guess what Rockingham has going for it is, is you're heading to Charlotte. So, But that being said, they're still in the middle of nowhere in the country. Some people probably, like a lot of people that are from out of the state of North Carolina, Virginia, South Carolina, and Tennessee, they're not going to want to make the trip. So I get that 100%. But um, I just want to add this about North Wilkesboro because I saw this rumor floating out there, and I'm not too sure about it. But um, at the same time, well, let me just bring it up. There's been rumors that they might want to convert North Wilkesboro into a dirt track. Personally, I'd mm-hmm. like to see it on pavement. I have nothing against dirt. I did like the Bristol dirt race. However, I kind of would rather have Bristol be two asphalt races or concrete, whatever it is, and maybe just when they redo North Wilkesboro, make it dirt. And the reason why I'm okay with North Wilkesboro being dirt is because North Wilkesboro is where they used to moonshine it, and they would race on dirt and not, um, you know, asphalt, concrete. So that would make sense to make North Wilkesboro the dirt track. Um, mm-hmm. However, before you make it a dirt track, let's run it on concrete or asphalt or pavement like the old times just so we can see it. Because I never got to see a North Wilkesboro race. I was one years I was one year old when Jeff Gordon won the last race there. So, um, <clears throat> but, yeah, I'm just – I'm going to have to go to Rockingham and North Wilkesboro in the coming years and watch these races because, like Jay just said and like I just said, if they're putting lights at Rockingham and they're repaving it and they're putting in the plumbing and all that stuff, there is going to be races of some kind, whether it be SRX, ARCA, Truck, Bush, or, I mean, excuse me, Xfinity, or or Cup. Something's going to be raced there. <laughs> yes, I agree. Jay? Well, Tommy has got me even more excited. I had not heard the uh, the rumor of possibility of dirt. Uh, that is one that would be a possibility, um, I think would be an interesting uh, thing to do there. The one thing I will say this of that I think can tie several things together, especially as it comes to Sharon's concern, we've heard the rumor or talk of down the road weekday races, Uh Part of the reason that, that Wilkesboro and Rockingham fell off the schedule, part of it, I understand the oversaturation concern, but it was also as NASCAR was growing, and those only hold, and I don't know the exact numbers, but fewer than other tracks as they built the bigger mile-and-a-half tracks. If you go to what they talk about trying to shorten the schedule, maybe not on necessarily number of races, but um, just the number of weeks that they're active, if you were to do a night race during the week, which case that would tie in with them putting lights in there, that then you're all you're attracting or looking to attract to even 
fill up or majority fill up of the um, area would be from local fans or within a, a shorter region, um, depending on how they do it. If you were to do, say, Martinsville one weekend and Wilkesboro another, somebody could come into that area and hit both races in the same weekend. So I think that might be part of the possible plan down the road um, as they look at that as the, uh, the schedule as well, because I know a lot of drivers have been vocal about that, and it's been talked about. So I think that might tie into something there as well. Uh, and especially if it's a dirt track, uh, you could easily do that. And those need to be run, as we learned, at night anyway. So uh, several things kind of tie in there and make sense if you think all the way through big picture. Yeah, I was just looking for a comment uh, from Jimmy Johnson uh, as well because I think it ties into a lot of what you're talking about there, Jay. Uh, Jimmy Johnson, uh, I'd like to give the exact quote if I can find it, but um, he he says NASCAR's season is too long and the money in NASCAR is not what it used to be, Uh, and that's through Auto Week. Uh, so, uh, having the races, like you say, closer to where they live, where they don't have all of that travel time and everything, uh, makes some sense as well. Maybe they'll have part of the season B, uh, in that regional area you're making, Jay, where people can, if they do come from somewhere else in the country, uh, or maybe they... They can hit several races within a week, uh, or maybe they just focus on getting the regional crowd to be at the track since they can't really support having, um, you know, a large number of people from all over the country being at those tracks. But they've gotten so much notoriety. I've got to think that some people from around the country, if they get a chance to go to those tracks, they're going to want to try to go to them while they can um, before they close close it down again uh, is, is what I'm thinking. But hopefully that wouldn't happen if they come up with a good marketing plan to, to make all of that happen. So just some additional thoughts there. <clears throat> okay. Uh, we are at the 10 o'clock time frame already. So uh, let's go ahead and do our roundtable and uh, then we'll kind of sign off here tonight. So, Jay, we'll start with you. Well, first off, Sharon, I want to thank you. Uh, I know we talked about this, kicked this idea around, having these couple uh, mid-month during the off-season programs, putting in time to make this and allowing us to do it, uh, I think worked really well. I know uh, originally Andy uh, was planning on making it. Hopefully Mike uh, can as well. Uh, for the next one, but I think that worked really well, and I just wanted to say thank you for putting that together. Um, You can follow me. uh, Facebook is Michael Hoosman, MoparMJ8 on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, right now, I know, Sharon, you always like to ask, am I going to be at a track? Uh, Not for a a little while. Uh, You know, my off-season lasts about maybe two months, if that. I think January for Talladega, the Ice Bowl might be the next one, uh, I may show up at, um, but enjoying a little bit of downtime. As I mentioned, got a little puppy, so if you followed me, you're going to get to see puppy pictures for a little while anyway. (laughs) Okay, Tommy. Did we lose Tommy? 
Uh, Tommy C twenty four on Twitter. Tommy underscore C twenty four on Twitter. Um, I don't think I've tweeted in a long time. I guess I need to to tweet something. But uh, I just want to say thanks for having me back on the show tonight. Too. It was this was a lot of fun because there was a lot of changes to discuss, and it's only been what a month since the season ended. <laughs> so can't wait for the next one. And I hope I hope that Mike and Andy are here too to talk about it because this, this was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, and it was my pleasure to be able to do it. Once a month is about right for, I think, for our off-season. Uh, we'll try to do something about mid-month in January again um, so uh, we can get uh, some updates in uh, before the season begins uh, in February. So uh, look for us to be back on air here uh, sometime around the middle of January, and uh, we'll do this again. I agree with you guys. It was a lot of fun. Uh, and I hope that the other guys can join us. Uh, that would be great. I know uh, <clears throat> Sal wasn't able to be here tonight, so thank you to Jay for stepping in and uh, uh, taking his place tonight so that we could do go ahead and do the show here. Uh, I really appreciate that. And uh, hopefully Sal will be able to join us uh if we, if we do something mid-January as well. So uh, I am Fan for Racing Psyched on Twitter, Fan for Racing Blog and Radio everywhere else, um, and uh, definitely enjoying the off-season, uh, but uh, definitely looking forward to that mid-January show uh, that we're going to be doing after the holiday season as well. So stay tuned for more from Fan for Racing Radio somewhere down the road here. Uh, so with that, guys, I think we're uh, – let me first of all say a big shout-out to our listeners who tuned in tonight. We appreciate you taking time to do that. Um, whether it's on the podcast or the live broadcast, uh, we appreciate everybody. And our fan racing crew, uh, Tommy and Jay, for being available tonight so that we could get this in uh, uh, about mid, mid-month mid here during the off season. So uh, with that – I think we're ready to say good night now. All right. Have a good night. We'll talk to you next month. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. We'll talk to you in January. Enjoy your holiday season. <laughs>